I was um I was always short. I mean, I, I never I kind of hit my peak. It was like five five eight, and then uh, my body just was like, yeah, we're done growing. We're good. Oh uh, yeah, we're good. So I I would love you got to got Italian strength though. Oh yeah, I got that crazy <laughs> little man strength. Yeah, I um I remember I wanted to play football. I yeah. really wanted to play. I wanted to be a running back or I wanted to be a safety. Yeah. Just fucking nailing dudes middle of the field, just uh. decking them out. But the issue was, I just I. I it was the height thing for me, and it was um, I just didn't want to get injured. To me, the, the potential of getting injured just never was worth it. That's why I never wanted to do any of the the physical sports like that. There are dudes that just live their whole life like I gotta get into this sport. I, the physicality of it is that, and I get it. As men, you know that testosterone surge of just another human being running at you, and you want to just ah, I gotta unleash. But the potential injury, it, my Libra scale—is that what it's called? The Libra scale never weighed in the direction of just like going for it and playing. I just, I, the injuries just, oh my God. I couldn't, the, the amount of shit that I've seen just from, like I saw when I used to play uh, competitive paintball. Yeah. I played a little competitive paintball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so much fun. That exists? It, it does exist. And it's awesome. Uh, so I played a little competitive paintball. And when I was playing paintball, this dude slid. So the, the, the bunkers are inflatable. When people think of paintball, you either get the people that think of woods ball where you're in the middle of the woods and you're just like oh. in between trees and whatnot, or paintball, which is the way that I played it, which was inflatable bunkers that you stood behind. So they had all different shapes. They had a Dorito, so it was a triangle. They had um, beer can looking ones. And then they had this low one called the snake. Now the snake was cool because it would extend from your side of the field, it would hit midfield and it'd be like an opening. And then it would be the other side of the field. It would extend all the way down. So the strategy was you have front, mid, back players as everybody runs out right when they say go, go, go. We're talking about paintball, right? We're talking now. about paintball. Yeah, not not military ops. No, paintball is a sport. Oh yeah. It's crazy. I'll show you some videos. It's crazy. It's like it mimics like lacrosse in some way. It's it's wild. Like there's the breakouts, just you have the back guys lacing lanes so this way people can't potentially on the other side get to their bunkers. But you have the front players that are the snake players. So their job is to get into that snake without getting hit right off the right off the jump and start slowly working their way to the other person's side of the field. Because if they get to their snake, their side of the snake, they can literally just pop over the bunkers and start hitting guys down each row as they go down. Okay. So usually snake players go head to head. They shoot each other. Like they're, they're face to face shooting each other, laying down on the ground. Um, and I'll show you a picture of a snake so you can fully envision it. And I'll put, I'll put the video... I'll put it on the video as well, but um, you lost me at the first snake. I, I'm not sure. I'm gonna show you. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Paintball snake bunker. There you go. So yeah, you channeled that football energy into into. So that's what a snake is. Oh, okay. So now it makes more sense. <laughs> so yeah. So when you see when you see this, the snake player will run from their side of the field, come here, and eh, and now they're shooting the other guy. It's an identical field, Sym okay. symmetrical. So now they're shooting the other guy that's in there. And once they knock that other guy out, the other team actually has to replace that person because they don't okay. want him to make it to their side now. Or everybody focuses their fire on the snake to try to get a paintball to roll over the top, hit him in the head and get him out. And where do you play this? I used to play Long Island paintball. My boys okay. over there, it was phenomenal. We used to have the best time. Friday nights, ripping just all night. I was a younger kid, man. Yeah. The issue now is that I don't have any sponsors. I had a couple sponsors back wow. then. Yeah, paint sponsor. Oh, really? So like I used to get paint for free. But then 
Now you start looking, now that you don't have the sponsors, you start looking at paint prices. And just for a case of 2,000 balls, I think it's like almost 100 bucks. Okay. And you could shoot that in three games, four games. Wow. Because the guns shoot. What age do they start playing this? Oh, young. We had young kids playing down there. Okay. It was so much fun, man. There's a couple of people like I'm still friends with that, that were like nasty. I was good, pff, nasty, freaks. Like just laser vision on everybody they wanted to hit. Bing, 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 done. Bing, 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 done. Bing. Seems like it would be good for like birthday parties and stuff. Oh, yeah, it's, it is. My friend Marina, she actually just asked me to go play for her 30th birthday. She okay. goes, I'm going to do my 30th birthday, this and that. I said, you know what? I said, uh, I'd love to come. I have grandma's birthday that same day. It was last Sunday. I said, I got grandma's birthday. I said, but if I wasn't, I'd be taking the gear out from under the under the stairs at my mom's house. I'd be dusting all the guns off and I'd be wow. ready to just go. But the whole point of that was the injury aspect. I saw a dude jump into the snake and his mask fell off and the other snake player shot him and like, liqui- like liquefied his eye. It was done. Shot. Oh, he lost done. an eye? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never saw, I mean, it wasn't like a tournament. It was just free play. Never saw him come back again. Yeah. yeah. It's it's, oh, it's no. scary shit, man. It's like, so. No death perception. You can't play. Yeah, well, no, I, you can't play. <laughs> it's <laughs> over, man. You'll have to look the entire time like this. It's, it's, it's very tough. So oh, man. back to the injury stuff. I, I just, for me, I, I want to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu now. Nice. So I'd love to start getting, I want to start getting into that. Awesome. Already I'm worried about the cauliflower ear. Yeah, you can wear your, you know, ear protectors. Oh, I'm definitely wearing ear protectors. Yeah. There's no shot I'm coming out with that look at all. <laughs> the other thing you could do is um, all you need is like a syringe, some needles. And then as long as you drain it at the time that you develop an actual hematoma. Because so cauliflower ears is from a, uh, it's from a hematoma. You're oh, is hematoma. that what it is? That's what it is. If you don't drain it in time, though, then it, it calcifies. And I mean, first off, it's a good uh, look because nobody fucks with a dude that has cauliflower ear. <laughs> you see that ear and uh, you go, all right, that guy can cut me online. We're good. I don't, <laughs> I don't want any problems, man. But the, yeah, just the, the, the trauma to the ear is what I was told. And I read a couple of things that did say two to three days max. Because like, if it starts to like really form and harden, that's it, man. Yeah. It's, it stays that way. Which is crazy to me. Give me a call. I, I've drained it before. Have you? Yeah. So you drained it uh, just for friends? Not or Yeah, yeah. Just for friends. For <laughs> friends. Yeah. <laughs> so they just hit you up. They're like, yo, I know you know how to hold a syringe. Can you get this out? The irony was the guy that I drained it from, it was like 10 years ago. Um, he was a plastic surgeon himself. So he could have drained it himself. But I That's kind of tough, thought. right? He would have been able to do it, though. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, plastic surgeons are like very... Uh, like like they're just their dexterity is so good. Yeah, I had um had Dr. Buglino on. He was phenomenal. He was talking about his background, what got him into school and whatnot, and just getting into the plastics field and how he dabbled with um cardiology when he was in his fellowship, learning at the hospital and whatnot. And uh yeah, he's got some serious I mean, he posts his operations and the stuff that he does. My, that man's a wizard. That's Some of the great. stuff that he does, the reconstructions of noses and, you know, if somebody gets bit or like a dog or whatever, or somebody falls and like splits their whole face open, I mean, you couldn't even tell they got injured. Some of the pictures that he does before and afters. So yep. the, 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 the plastics is such a specialty type yeah. of uh, individual that gets into that. Yeah. I think they usually do a general surgery uh, residency and then they, for like, it's like a five-year program. Then they stay on for an additional two years usually plastic surgery so it's seven years after med school four years everything so, i mean you need that much sir i mean if you're stitching yeah. people's faces up and reconstructing things you you probably would want someone to have that much yeah. that much schooling 
That's not my area. I don't do any surgery. I was going to say, so endocrinology right. is your background. Right, right. And you went to which school and got, got uh, involved with that? So I went to uh, New York College of Osteopathic Medicine. So I'm, an, I'm a DO just as the, the plastic surgeon that you had also. So there's definitely like a, a camaraderie there. When we see like DO, we're like, you know, we, there's definitely that. Like Jeep like, guys down the road. They all, they all wave to each other. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So uh, the school is actually pretty close to here also in Old Westbury. They changed the name to NYIT, College of Osteopathic Medicine, but I have only great things to say about it. It was so hard. It's definitely one of the hardest couple of years of my life. And then after that, you continue for like uh, residency. That's another uh, three years internal medicine. And then you stay on for another two years of fellowship endocrinology. And you decided you wanted to do it right out the gate, endocrinology, or you you dabbled with a couple of fields and then you decided that was the one you wanted to stay in? Yeah, during your clerkships, you know, you kind of choose what you – one, what you, you – you you think you like and you enjoy it and what and most importantly what i always tell like my medical assistants in my office is what do you uh feel that you're good at you know you got to be confident you know that's really the most important thing if you're confident what you do though then you're gonna you're more likely to be just good at it and, and know it you know um so i was done uh by the time i was done everybody else was retiring okay so, and uh <laughs> here we are uh what um i guess uh I'm always interested to hear like what what paths did you really not enjoy? Like uh, did you try certain but you have to try a, a bunch of different types of medicine out where there's certain areas that you really didn't like that you just said there's no way I'm getting into that field? Uh surgery. Surgery. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just don't think I have a steady hand, you know. Is that what is the steady <laughs> no, hand? I don't know. I'm not really sure, but uh you know, it's it's very hard looking back. It was so many hours and so many years that you don't really you kind of forget there, you know, the one aspect of being a physician that it, it's kind of like you have to make that decision and you live with it because it's very hard to lateralize. If you go into other aspects like nurses, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, they they have that benefit of lateralizing. So they can like my wife, for instance, is, in, is you know, she specializes in neurology. So she at any moment can can decide to lateralize and be like, you know what, I'm going to go into endocrinology. I'm going to go into aesthetics. I'm going to I'm going to treat with Botox. She can lateralize at any point. This is my, this is it. I'm stuck. That's it. <laughs> I'm stuck forever. Yeah. So for those that don't know, what is endocrinology? What is the use of it? So just give it a little rundown, I guess, like the elevator pitch of what it is that you specialize okay. in. So uh, endocrinology is uh, essentially the study of the body's glands. So the glands secrete hormones. And what a hormone is, is that it's secreted by one area of the body. The hormone travels to another part of the body binds to a receptor and then exerts its effect on that. So some examples of hormones, receptors, um, testosterone. Oh, everyone's favorite one. <laughs> yeah. So testosterone uh, is essentially a hormone, but it's triggered by another hormone that's released from another part of the body. Pituitary gland secretes LH and FSH. LH is what specifically then travels through the bloodstream to the male gonads, 95% of testosterone in men is released at the form of the testicle. So you actually have LH receptors at the, the level of the testicle that then um, stimulates uh, testosterone production at that level. Women, women produce testosterone also. Uh, they actually produce it though uh, equally uh, between the adrenals and their uh, the ovaries. So 50-50. Um, men though, believe it or not, 95% of the, their own body's production of testosterone is at the level of the testicles, only 5% at the level of the adrenal glands. Wow. So, so that's, I mean, that's a, a clear point why 
uh, when men take external testosterone sources, the testicles shrink. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because uh, they're not being used for that f- that purpose and function anymore in terms. Exactly, yep. So that's why when, when I see uh, a patient in my office for what we refer as male hypogonadism, we try to, the first thing you do as a physician is I like to be like an investigator, you know, like a detective. You want to figure out what, uh, what's causing it. So like two actual pertinent answers and questions I ask is, is there a history of head trauma? Is there a history of testicular trauma? So cases in point, I've had uh, a case where a kid was jumping over a fence. Oh, bad trauma. That's a level of primary hypogonadism, testicular trauma at the level of testicles. So that blunt force will cause the testicles to shrink? Yeah. Really? It can. Yeah, long-term though. It's, it's not something that necessarily will happen overnight though, but testicular trauma can cause male hypogonadism. Damn, and all my boys, we were doing nut shots in high school and shit. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, they were doing that. when I, I don't do that anymore. I'm a grown-ass man. But you know, your boy walks in, they go, bang. You're like, oh, come on, man. Oh, no. Yeah, horrible. So, um, yeah, I hope I didn't go to the, that. The high school that you went to, it sounds like an awful one. Which, which one did you go to? <laughs> JFK. Yeah, yeah, JFK. I'm class of 93. <laughs> yeah. Class of 09? Yeah, uh, 09. Man, there is this level of camaraderie, though. Oh, yeah. The fact that, like, you went to the same high school as I did, like, 15 years later. Did they call it the awesome. bump? The cigarette spot? Was that called the bump? I, I didn't smoke cigarettes. I didn't either, but like oh, yeah. all my boys did. Every All my boys did. So I was always standing there like an idiot by myself, hoodie, you know, cold out. Everyone's sitting there smoking and I'm just standing there. But it was called the bump, which was across the street right before the residential area down the block to go to the pool. Oh, uh, Kennedy Drive. Yeah. yeah. So that that little area with the with the fence. Did you guys have that back then? That I don't know. I, I wasn't cool that. enough. I wasn't cool enough to get outside. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't cool enough. I didn't get out. I was cutting left and right. I was I was playing handball. I was doing everything that I shouldn't have been doing. Anything to get me out of class was essentially what I was doing. I remember cigarette smoke, it's the smell of it in the bathrooms always. Like stunk. No, they didn't have the balls to do that. <laughs> no, they didn't have the balls to do that in my in my year. I guess you just you were getting in trouble left and right. They just started to install cameras everywhere yeah. when I got there. Oh. Yeah. When when I was there. when I was leaving the school and I was graduating, they were really getting heavy on the cameras monitoring everything this and that i had a couple friends that got into some bad fights in the back by the baseball field and you know they see you on the cameras i'm standing there they see you on the cameras watching the fight go on and then you walk oh. away and they go what are you doing out there i don't know what you're talking about i wasn't there we saw you it wasn't me it must have been a guy that looked like me I, well i wasn't out there just keep walking <laughs> so you know high school is a tough is it's, it's honestly the it was the worst time in my life really hands down what what was in, in what aspect awful. it's awful in every way it's only life just got better after that. I felt like. So what was it bad for though? Like you have bullies, to elaborate on that. Bullies are just craziness. You know, like no one's brains are formed yet. You know, kids, uh, they haven't learned empathy yet. They're just terrible human beings, you know, but the truth is these same people though, they, they became adults and they're probably really nice people now. You know, mm. one kid, he was a year younger than us. I, I, I remember his name, but I shouldn't really give it on. on nah, no name. Uh, so you know, the, you know, the, the fields. Between Newtown Road and and uh, POB JFK, so these are the, the fields that you'd walk, you can walk going east. So John Kennedy High School, POB JFK, is surrounded by grass, you know, everywhere fields. You mm-hmm. know, essentially you have you have all the athletic fields to the right, look, facing the school. Behind you have school. You have like also some like athletic um, fields that were never used. That's what it was, right? And then and then the, the residential left, behind the fence. 
to the left was the path. The, remember the, the the long path to get you to um, Old Country Road. Yes, all that grass and everything. And then they remember they put the the bike path now and everything. Yep. They cemented it on the side of that, but there's still all grass there. So he, I was a 11th grader, a 10th grader went in there, and he had a lot of issues. I know he torched that whole field. Oh, uh, oh on fire! Fire. A little arson, huh? Yeah, he fired. He torched that entire area. Oh. It was absolutely mayhem. What was, was the, what were the repercussions of that? Never saw him again. Yeah, I'm sure. He was kicked out. That was it. Yeah, I have no idea. Gonna... Yeah, my buddy who got into that fight got kicked out after uh, that. That was a pretty bad one. Oh man. Yeah, it was a pretty bad one. But everybody, listen. <laughs> in his defense, everybody knew that if this person walked past you and gave you a look, he was one of my good friends. But yeah. like everybody was afraid of him. So everyone knew this is the one person you don't set off. Like just if he looks at you with the square the wrong way, uh, just walk away. Just don't look yeah. at anybody. Just don't look. And this one kid was just challenging him left and right. Yeah, I, I, I was walking to the deli past uh, Matlin coming yeah. back and it was, they were on the baseball field and I walked over and he had a couple of his boys there and I went, yo, what's going on, man? And they're like, oh, what's up, Nick? They go, you know, this kid fucking grilling him and this and that. And now Eric... <laughs> Now he's telling now he's telling him like, yo, you know, watch your mouth, watch you know, watch what you say and this and that. And the kid is like flipping him off and spitting at him and shit like that. And meanwhile, my buddy was a senior. Was he a senior? I think he was a senior. Or he was about yeah, he was early senior year. And this kid was a freshman. Kid was tall as shit though. Kid was a big ass freshman. So they're mouthing off, mouthing off, mouthing off. And my buddy just said to him, he's like, he's like, yo, if you don't stop. Like, I'm, I'm going to fuck you up pretty bad. And the kid's just like, fuck you, you know, going back and forth, back and forth. Long story short, the kid swings at him, hits him in the face, and like a cartoon, just like the punch just stops. And my boy just looks at him, he goes, now I'm going to fuck you up. Right. It was two hits. The kid was on the ground. It was, it was bad. And then the beating ensued even more when the kid was on the ground. And that's when I walked away. I was like, all right, that's enough for me. I'm, I'm good on this. I don't need to watch the rest of this. And I left, and that's when they were like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? High school's a tough place. Yeah. <laughs> High school's a tough place. Forming of, like you said, forming of brains, forming of testosterone and girls, and just like dudes are just on edge constantly. Yep. Um, you know, brains, the truth is, is that like our like body chemistry does not match our brains appropriately as human beings. And you know what? We're flawed. And I think that's one of our major flaws. So um, the point that you reach that, peak in testosterone is actually like 17 or 18 years old for the average like male but your brain doesn't continue to doesn't complete its development until about the age of 25 so there's this seven years of just awful human behavior and honestly our body chemistry is you have to blame that in a lot of ways so yeah i, I remember there's crazy emotions all the time you're up you're down you're left you're right you're just like whoa what's going on and it's just it's weird times and i I've always been, I've always experienced so many things in my life and so many different areas that other kids haven't maybe had the privilege of experience. I've been on vacations. I've experienced other cultures. I've experienced a lot of different things. And I found that a lot of these experiences had shaped me early on. Like I was told, get a job at 14 years old, get a job. You have to start working. You got to start making some money, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. All my friends are doing crazy shit partying. I was at work. I was restocking the shelves at Best Buy, but I was making money. And it, I think that helped me rewire my brain or wire my brain because it was getting wired up in the first place into setting an example like of holding myself accountable. You know, hard work equals a successful future type of situation where 
a lot of the dudes that I was friends with back in the day, first off, I don't talk to many of them. I talked to a couple of them, but they're almost stuck. The dudes that were just like in that party phase, they're stuck in that mentality, even to this day at 31 years old. And they they go home to their families and they just drink themselves into oblivion because they're just fucking miserable. And it's sad because it's like maybe those intro steps where you didn't party so much and you held yourself a little bit more accountable, either physically, mentally, you know, work-life balance, whatever it was, maybe those steps would have created a much different human being in the later game or yeah. in the mid game because we're not in the late game yet. I mean – you're obviously that. I mean, I'm looking around here in the studio and I'm seeing this. This place looks insane, by the way. Thank it's you. Crazy. Thank it's, you. It's awesome. But he's I being mean, very nice. It's very dirty. It's very <laughs> dirty. I need to just. I I need to just organize this place. I got a dog bed on a pelican case over there. I got crazy shit going on. But you're you don't think about that. You your mindset when you were 14. You have that now. You're for whatever you know. The truth is, the big question is, is that your your buddies that or your former buddies that were like you know sitting around just kind of not a little stagnant in life you know maybe that was always the plan or you know you can say to yourself you made a, a certain decision that sent you in a different trajectory but just from what you told me i think you were sent this way the whole time oh yeah yeah my mom but, my mom was uh yeah. to, my mom was to thank and to blame for all of that <laughs> you know it's yeah. a it, it could be a blessing and a curse at times because there's that side of me that felt like i maybe missed some things but was it for the better more than likely? Probably. Because a lot of the shit that I missed was dudes getting in trouble or, you know, parties at my buddy's house that got out of control and this and that. And I was able to buy an Audi for my first car. Like these other dudes either had to get cars from their parents or they had to, you know, drive beaters. I was, I was just always on that. I like nice things. So you got to work hard for them. There's no, there's no like, oh, you, you have champagne taste, but you know, you have McDonald pockets. Like, nah, don't work like that, bro. You got to be able to back up the things that you like. Yeah. If things like that are important to you, you have to figure out the way that you trade your time for money or give benefits to other people to get paid in 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 uh in relation to it. These are the things you have to do. Do you do you enjoy the journey? You know what? I didn't at first. I I've I feel like I've always been I've always been not rushing the journey, but I've always been excited for the next step and not enjoyed where I was at the current moment. Was like this say, was a dream for a long time, yeah. being able to have my own office and sit here and uh, in the middle of a, a Wednesday, 10 o'clock in the morning, I don't have to punch in somewhere. I could just go where the fuck I want and do what I want. And, you know, I have my clients that understand that. And I have, you know, a good social following on, on TikTok and in, YouTube's growing and Instagram is, Instagram, it's always the same, you know, pay to play now. But I would have never envisioned that this would be the route that I'd be on. I'm already looking forward to being able to hire people, which I have been for a while, hire a couple of editors to get things out quicker because there's only so much that I can handle. And I know that I have to form a team because by myself, it just doesn't work. It works, but it works at a slower pace. So what's the saying? If you want to go far, you have to go with others, something like that. If you want to if you want to go fast or something like that, I, I forget the I forget the saying, but I think you love the journey. I do, I really do. Because I, I can tell. I mean, you're you're obviously extremely diligent, very hardworking, passionate. You have all the signs of success, and that's why I, I think I'm sitting in front of success. Great. Success. Oh, thank you, brother. It's yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a process. Like we're saying, it's a process that I'm trying to live more in the moment, especially the last month. Mindset shift, stuff like that. Just really hammering out and getting things 
getting my thoughts on paper, waking up early, getting my health back in order. I'm down. I'm 213 this morning. I haven't been 213 in like two years. Wow. I, I was 226 in December. So I'm 213 now. Do you do I'm, body fat percentage also and everything? Or? You know what? I did a DEXA a while ago. I did yeah. the uh, DEXA scan. The DEXA scan was cool. Yeah. Uh, I have to go back and see Brian. Yeah, DEXA scan for, for body fat composition is, a, it's honestly, it's probably the best uh, method available. I mean, the other one is, you know, underwater tank. Uh, my buddy, my buddy runs that spot too. You can also do MRIs. They do MRIs also for it. But I think like underwater body, I think DEX is really the best. It was go. good, that's, man. That's, when yeah, they did that awesome. scan, it was a while ago yeah. and uh, I had no visceral fat. So I was pretty happy about that. So I think everything just stays what subcutaneous. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's, you know, I feel myself. I'm like, I feel myself leaning out now. I got a little bit of, little bit of abage going on just on the side. I'm feeling more muscle mass again. My chest is getting tighter and tighter. My jawline. I feel everything forming the way it is, but it's not by chance. It's yeah. because I got back on my meal grind. I got back on 6 a.m. I train every single morning. I go to OG with Evan. Awesome. I, I go to Bev's here and there. I want to start rolling in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like we just said. I want to incorporate all these things because I was never a partier. I was never the guy to go out. I was never the guy to like hang out at bars. My, I live in Huntington Village. I'm down the block from every single bar. And it was cool for like two weekends. And I was like, I'm good on this. Like it's just, it is what it is. I'll walk the dog late at night. We'll hang out. We'll just do things. But to me, I'd rather wake up the same time every single morning. If my ritual tells me to wake up at 4.45, 5 a.m. every single morning, I got to keep that thing going. So this way, my, um, what is it? my circadian rhythm isn't thrown off by waking up at 10 o'clock on a Saturday or a Sunday, and then I'm back to 5 a.m. on a Monday. It's, it just doesn't work like that. Right, right. So I think in saying a lot, but saying, trying to say a little, I love the journey. I love the mindset shift that I've had as of late. I'm on a, I've always been on a really good path, but I think this is really good because I, I'm inspiring my boys, my buddy, my best friend, Tyler's dropping weight like crazy. Yeah. My buddy Gabe is doing really good things too. And I'm getting this little, I'm getting a mastermind group together to have like-minded individuals. Are most of you guys looking, what are your, your fitness goals? Most of you guys, is it mostly weight loss or is it uh, like increasing muscle tone? Is it? You know what? I have a lot of muscle mass, man. I, I really do. I have a lot of muscle mass for a guy that's never taken tests, never taken anything extra. Uh, I've always trained super hard, super heavy. That's why this OG thing is really cool because it's very different than the style that I train. But compared to in January when I could barely run for two, three minutes straight, I could run for like 10 minutes straight now. Like I'm just, my cardio system is getting better. Like everything is firing in a, like a machine type way now where I want to be an athlete. I don't want to be a bodybuilder. I, I don't need to Got be it. that way anymore. I thought I had to be a bodybuilder for a year. More, more function. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, last year I trained with my boy, Tom. I have to introduce you to Tom. Tom's a fucking freak. He's uh, this dude down in, where is he? Seaford? No, he's not in Seaford. He's in um, Oceanside. Oceanside, uh, Freeport area. And he's got this gym called the Strength Factory. Tom's been on the podcast. Phenomenal human being. Amazing. Strong as shit. I mean, he does all the landmine university stuff. So he does like four plates on a landmine and he'll throw it over his head. And just nice. stupid strong, great shape because he trains like an animal every single day. I trained with him last year. He was just too far from me. Got it. So I couldn't keep going back down to his gym all the way there every single day. So that's why the OG is like 25 minutes. It's not great. You know, it's not around the corner, but I just get in the car, I put some music on and I just go get my shit done, come back to my house, shower up with the pup, and then I get my day started. So it's nice. Here's my shameless... Uh insert into this but have you ever heard about the benefits of infrared energy i have so my <laughs> my friend danielle 
And I want to hear about all this because oh, I, yeah. I've been I've been yammering away. I my friend Danielle. Ah, <laughs> now I gotta warm you up. You gotta I gotta get you ch you chatting and ch and hitting it up. Um my friend Danielle owns Fountain in oh, Huntington yeah, yeah, Village. Yeah. So she ha she just installed the cold plunge. She has the IR sauna. She's got the shake machine that shakes your lymphatic system before you get in the sauna, which I'd love to hear your take on because I did that for the first time last week. Okay. Very interesting sensations that I felt when you're doing that. You feel itchy almost. Oh, wow. um, and then she has the uh, pH water and she's got a bunch of other things there. Um, she's phenomenal. The IR saunas I love. I love to hear the A to Z list of why it's beneficial because I'm not a doctor and I don't know. So I just know that it's good for you and it makes you really sweat and gets a lot of the toxins and shit out of your body. Yeah. So, uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll like, I'll kind of delve into like how this all started. Yeah. Come on. Highlight yeah. the shirt. Look at the shirt, everybody. He's, he's, he's rocking <laughs> it. Way. He's rocking it. <laughs> so, um, it all started in the pandemic. So, uh, pandemic was a crazy time for everyone. Um, essentially I've been practicing endocrinology for 15 years. Um, and I, I deal in the realm of like secondary prevention. So secondary prevention is you're already really sick and you're just preventing them from dying. That's the way to look at it's it tough. actually. Yeah. So, uh, 80% of my patients have type two diabetes probably, or I would say a small percentage of that type one of that 80%. And essentially where uh, my, our goal in that is pharmacologic therapy, trying to prevent them from go ending up in the hospital. And I think we, you know, we just kind of got tired of that and, and, a lot, and focusing on that. And we wanted to focus more on primary prevention. So the definition of primary prevention is prevent someone from getting sick. So what Dr. Andrew and I were talking about last episode, I haven't released that one yet, but he is a colorectal specialist. So he's in the fellowship right now and he's talking about that preventative medicine. And I said, that's why I generally don't like doctors because it's like, uh, you're just a number on the, on the list for the day. Oh, check. Oh yeah. Go take these pills. Go do this, go do that. And it's like, well, it's too late. You should be teaching people about how to stay healthy in the, in the, in the pregame before right. they start fucking themselves up and now they're dying. So conventional medicine, the issue with conventional medicine is we, we, we draw bloods and we look at your labs. We're like, let's try to find what's wrong with you and then just treat it rather than preventing. We're just looking for things wrong with you. And that's not really the better, better aspect. You know, it's more rewarding to, it's much easier to prevent than to treat after, you know? So what happened during the pandemic was a terrible time. Um, so uh, together with my wife, who's a PA, uh, my aunt, and my uh, brother, who's a, a board-certified internal medicine and board-certified bariatric medicine medical weight loss specialist, we were looking for other avenues to boost his practice because the hospital was just in god-awful It was shambles, yeah, it was shambles. And I think he wanted to dive more and build up his medical weight loss practice. He wanted to build that up. So I kind of, we were researching things during the pandemic. We all had a lot of time, you know? And I was researching different uh, aspects of what type of fitness brand that would help us to lose weight, essentially more medical weight loss, you know? Um, the most effective form of, weight loss and we researched all different fitness brands we called all different companies um and then uh hotworks just kept reaching back to me kind of just said like all right and they there was so much science behind it so there's a book called hot exercise it's written by the, the ceo his name is stephen p smith and it's an excellent book and it's evidence-based medicine doesn't have the clear background he's not a physician himself but as I read the book, I was like, this is a really this is it's all full of science. A lot of compelling arguments that you're reading. 
Yes. So he so the brand that he uh, that he displays on it is essentially three dimensional exercise. It's a combination of heat exercise and infrared energy. And those three combined together is what essentially the brand of Hotworks, uh, the essence of it. And it combines to yield a bunch of like health benefits, including uh, weight loss. So uh, as we, uh, I, it just, it read to us and I, I said, all right, we're going to, I'm going to continue my secondary prevention practice, but we're going to incorporate the primary prevention aspect to not only our practice, but to the community around. So my medical office, my endocrine office is in Beth Page, the medical weight loss, Perlman Medical Wellness, my brothers. Shout out, shameless plug. That was a shameless plug. No, don't no, plug away, man. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I, I want to have you, I told you, I want to have right. your brother on. For real. Oh, yeah, awesome, I want to have awesome. your brother on. Yeah, I'd love to have really. your wife on too. I would love to talk about neurology. My dad has MS. Well, okay. Yeah, so okay. I would love to talk to her about that stuff too. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, my brother is and my wife, they are both a hell of a lot smarter than me. They're like just chock full of knowledge. Both of them, they're just like so much more. I'm the dumb one in the family, so you start with me. He's doing pretty good. He's doing pretty good. I ain't no no dumbness sitting over here. He's good. You start with me. You work your way up. <laughs> just work your way up. Start at the bottom. Just kidding. Uh, so um so anyway um so what it is is that Hotworks is a can I can I I can, I can plug it right now yeah hey, bro, always, go right, for yeah, it yeah. dude. It's not a it's not a plug if you if you're giving real data and just saying where people can go get it. <laughs> I just want to be honest and forthcoming, and I don't want to sound like a commercial. And I'm just like I want to make it no, more. Dude, make the points, man. The whole thing is to open so, up people's eyes about potential other things that they can do to help their health and benefit them. That's what it well is. said. Well said. That's it, yeah. man. There's no. It's not a plug unless you're trying. To, you're a snake oil salesman, and it's not real. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah, this take this pill and you'll drop 50 pounds. Like, nah, man, that's not gonna happen. But some people believe that shit. No, this is science backed real things that. People know the benefits of saunas. They know the benefits of IR therapy, but they know the benefits at the at the um, the tip of the iceberg level. They don't right. know it to the deep rooted knowledge that, that you guys yeah. know, and that's why you're bringing it to the to your facility. You right. wouldn't pair it with your medical practice if it wasn't actually beneficial. Right, right. We, it, 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 we have a passion for it, and what really uh, really clinched the 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 plan and the idea that we were going to bring it to Long Island was the book which was very evidence-based and then we continued with our own like literature search on top of it so essentially infrared energy uh is it's essentially um it's it's essentially uh is energy uh that actually penetrates the skin up to an inch and a half below the skin uh it raises the temperature which then you're able to get your heart rate up so essentially your heart rate will uh, raised to you know your your certain uh, you know percentage of your maximum heart rate uh, at the same time as your the the heat penetrates your skin you actually will detoxify it sounds like hocus pocus but it's not actually the skin is our main storage depot of environmental toxins and toxicants and potentially um, carcinogens. So what happens is they've actually studied uh, in the lab they've actually shown that there are seven times more uh, higher concentrations of these toxins and toxicants in the sweat. So heavy metals is an example of uh, of toxins, which includes lead, cadmium, um, arsenic, uh, levels of iron in people that are iron overloaded. They've I'm I'm iron overloaded. Okay, and they've compared that to people that have sweat in a um, air conditioned gym just general like that. And they found the concentrations of sweat within an infrared sauna compared to not only an air conditioning gym, but even a conventional sauna. So a conventional sauna is like your traditional 
pouring rocks over mm-hmm. that's conventional heat that's just ambient heat not infrared doesn't penetrate the skin to release the toxins so when you release these toxins at a higher concentration essentially you're reducing your inflammatory burden or your autoimmune burn burden so the main cause of a lot of autoimmune diseases of autoimmune arthritis hashimoto's etc is actually exposure to environmental toxins believe it or not so by releasing that toxin burden you're essentially um, reducing your burden on these certain diseases you know so it's well known that um that uh these environmental toxins are ubiquitous in our, you know you know we have like um phytoestrogens including uh bisphenol a you know these are um special we were talking about testosterone before these are special aromatizing compounds that actually lower your estrogenics yeah they yep. lower your and they're everywhere levels. Right. Flax seeds, high in estrogenics. Crazy. You'd never think that, the way that they're processed and, and done. I was reading the book, Estrogen Estrogeneration. Perfect. Crazy. I didn't get through all of it. It's just insane to hear all these different things. And you know, the amount of birth control that's in the water supply, just it's it's insane when you think about stuff like that. Right, right. And people have no idea. They're drinking, you know, maybe drinking unfiltered water. And I don't know why I feel so hazy. I don't know why I feel so down, this and that, and just almost like a couple of little pivots off of what you're normally doing to maybe you add the sauna, maybe you add filtered water, this and that, and you start to feel better. Maybe you don't need that medication that they prescribed you. So let's say you went to the physician, they ordered your testosterone labs and they said, your testosterone is low. We're going to now prescribe you testosterone. But then let's say the physician gave you another alternative though. It's a non-invasive alternative. It's called infrared sauna therapy. And they said, here's another method that you could use, a very holistic approach, does not entail medication putting it to your system, but actually re- it'll attempt to excrete your bisphenol A, bisphenol A or other phytoestrogen compounds. Let's do it the, the, uh, another more natural way to raise your testosterone levels. Which one would you choose? I don't like needles, so I'm choosing the sauna. I'm right. choosing the sauna. I, I don't like needles. My buddy's doing peptide therapy right now. Okay. He's using the peptides and his levels shot the fuck up. And now he's got to bring him back down because they went so high. I mean, first off, debatable on, on, on whether I thought that he should have been test- testosterone or not. He told me that his levels were already 700, 700, 800. And you, and you prescribe the guy peptides. Now his levels are like 1,800, 2,000. Yeah, so- and he's breaking out and shit. I'm like, dude, you didn't need it to begin with. Just get your ass in the gym, bro. You're fine. That's really why he wanted to get it to begin with. Yeah. There's also this concern that- that if you take the pro-hormone form of testosterone, the peptides, that that you will preserve your own gonadal axis. But that's actually not the case, though, because any time that you get up on that mic, get up on that mic. Yeah. Any time that you raise the endpoint of the gonadal axis, your testosterone levels, you're always going to suppress the axis. Okay. You know, with the exception, they say with clomiphene, clomid. So clomid tricks the the pituitary uh, gland, uh, the the receptors. Um, the uh, negative feedback mechanism at the level of pituitary. So that'll raise it though. But clomiphene though is, you know, it's great for fertility. Um, it was known as like the Manny Ramirez drug back in the day. <laughs> That's how we always, always explain it though. But it, it's not without its side effects either though. You know, I have a couple of edema. friends that are doing the growth hormone peptide. Okay. And then there was another one that my buddy told me, hold on one second. I want to get this right. I sent it to my coach. Um, coach i don't yeah. i don't i don't compete anymore but he he's a buddy of mine that's a doctor so i wanted to mention you mentioned about growth hormone i wanted to just mention something quick no no please um, get on it i don't want i don't want to cut you off so uh there is so when you exercise in heat or infrared so hot works essentially i haven't really explained what hot works is yet though 
So uh, our location that we opened in Bethpage, it entails an infrared fitness studio. There's nine separate infrared saunas. Within each sauna, there's a different workout going. There's, there's over 10 different workouts. Some of them are high intensity interval training and some of them are isometric workouts. The workouts being hot Pilates, hot yoga, hot bar none, hot core, hot bands, hot buns, hot cycle. There's a rowing workout called Hot Thunder, and there's a all-body Kaiser uh, all-trainer workout, Blast Bike Elliptical, known as Hot Blast. You're combining heat exercise and infrared energy. Uh, this, we I just wanted to mention really quickly about growth hormone, though. So when you exercise in heat, uh, there is an increase in growth hormone levels with that. That's one of the co contributing factors that causes increase in muscle tone. You're actually increasing increased muscle mass when you exercise uh, in in heat. Uh, that's why I, we have members that uh, leave, when they finish their resistance training workout at BEVS, they they pop in at, at oh, that's Howard's, because awesome. we're pretty close also so, to there. We're down Hicksville Road. So shameless plug, sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize <laughs> sorry. for shameless plugs. Don't apologize, <laughs> I'm telling you. If I, uh, if, if I didn't want the business plug, I wouldn't have you on, for real. Uh, thank you, thank you. So, I, uh, so, so that increases growth hormone levels. There's a, a protein, it's a free radical scavenger protein known as heat shock proteins. These proteins are elevated when you exercise in, in heat. Heat shock proteins then, they improve not only growth hormone levels, because in women especially, growth, increased growth hormone, you're increasing muscle tone. All women, what is, all men and women, they want less fat and more muscles. Muscle, all women want toned arms. That is ubiquitous, that's universal. And the only way to really do that is not only through weight loss, you've got to increase muscle tone uh, too. It's not easy, of course. And Especially when you start getting older. Yes. And the hormones start acting up. That's your specialty. And the hormones start acting differently and whatnot. And you have to be able to adapt, pivot, and formulate a plan that's going to get you to the goal that you have now. Exactly. So you have you, – so by increasing your um, – your muscle tone, you're essentially raising your metabolism. You're gonna burn fat more easily just by raising your metabolic rate. Uh, Nick, you just mentioned about uh, as you get older, you're, you, you get fatter essentially, and that's because your metabolism slows down. Uh, essentially, your muscle tone decreases. You know, We're all trying to stay healthy, and the way to do that is to maintain our muscle mass. So important. You yeah, Drogan, everybody talks about that so much is that as you're getting older, especially just, you can't not hit the weights. You got to hit the weights. You got to have that resistance training built into the program. You got to keep moving because the second that your muscle mass starts de deteriorating, a lot of those health issues start almost presenting themselves uh, in the form of just multiple different things. I mean, yeah. you know, osteoporosis and whatnot, you know, bone density, it just, it all affects one another. You got to keep that lean tissue on you. Also, that what's very simple so is that when you increase muscle turn, your risk of falling is less. And when you fall, you you fracture a hip, you break a bone. What this is going to sound? I learned this in you know in, uh, in fellowship. But what is the the prognosis, the mortality, uh, the average lifespan after a hip fracture? No in idea. A, in a woman. No idea. Uh, you know, after, you know, I'm talking in a geriatric age. Yeah. You're talking about an older woman, like, yeah. like my grandmother say, my grandmother's 92. Two years. Wow. Well, 92 is probably less than that though. But I'm saying in general, after the, uh, over the, uh, if, once you're considered elderly, two years, your, your average lifespan is only two years after a hip fracture. Which is um, funny that you say that because there was a guy that lived on my block, older gentleman, 
actually looked like Hugh Hefner's twin. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> he was awesome. He would do ultra marathons even when he was super old. Like he was in his beast. He was seventies, eighties. Fell, fucked his hip up, deteriorated. That was it. It was over. They had to have a seat thing installed, like the chair lift installed into the house, and then he passed away. Maybe Here's a couple my years question. later. Oh, sorry. Here's my follow-up question. What's the average lifespan for a man who has a hip fracture? At what age? And Very, older, older. Older? Yeah, yeah not 20. <laughs> but I'm, I'm an adult uh, geriatric age. You said two is for women? Yeah. I would probably say less. Maybe a year and a half, year? Six months. Damn. I know. So that's when it shows how muscle mass is so important. You need strength to maintain, to prevent yourself from falling. It's that simple. So now when you say that the lifespan after a hip fracture for an elderly man, let's just use the male, because male, male, we just use that as the example. What makes it so that it's only six months after? Like what are the contributing factors? Is it because everything else starts to deteriorate after? Is it the body trying to regenerate that area? Is it the the surgery that that maybe causes more potential for infections or or other issues in conjunction with it? Like what is the reasoning for six months? I think the main reason is that women are a lot stronger than men. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> in every way. Okay. Okay. I mean, See, someone's getting brownie points with his wife tonight. Okay. Truth is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just curious of what the data would be on why- They're just stronger than us. They're just are. I mean, I know they it. live longer than us, but we also do a lot more dumb shit. <laughs> we do a lot more dumb shit. They're, they're smarter uh, Case in and point, we talked about nut shots earlier in the episodes. <laughs> Dummies. They're, they're just stronger and just stronger than us. That's it. You know, they're smarter than us. So true. Okay. Interesting. Way smarter than us. Yeah. Um, so going back to, I just wanted to mention more about heat shock protein. Go back in, because I wanted to actually ask you before you start that, that was the peptide that my buddy was talking about for like rege regeneration. Okay. BPC-157. I don't know if you know anything about it. I got to look it up. Yeah. He said that it's a, um, my, I actually said that to my coach and he was like, yeah, that's, that's like the real, the real deal. Cause I know another buddy that takes the growth peptide to stimulate the pituitary gland to increase natural growth production. He says he feels great on it. Um, and then this buddy, what did he say? That was Stevie D. Shout out Stevie D if you listen to this episode. Um, he was telling me that it's uh, this one is just for like rejuvenation and this and that. Where's this? I'm trying to look up our DMs. Here, here it is. So, uh, all right. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit then. I guess. Yeah, you're good. Okay. You're good. So, so heat shock proteins increases another uh, peptide known as um, BDNF, uh, brain derived neurotropic factor. So BDNF increases not only in the setting of uh, of heat and infrared, but all all exercise actually though. So what that does is that um, with exercise with um, exercise you have an increase in BDNF. What that does is that it increases um, cognition. So you're essentially having more brain activity, brain derived neurotropic factor. That's where it comes from. So uh, in certain countries, uh, the plan is with like let's say kids in school, you get them running around, you do gym first. And then they go go to school and classwork. So the the underlying uh, premise is that exercise increases your BDNF levels, and then you can focus more and you can study better. So that's why they always recommend those morning workouts that will actually improve 
your cognition. You'll be able to study everything better. I don't know what time your workouts are, if they're morning or evening usually. No, morning. Today's a, today's a late one for me. Today is 5.30 and then I'm training tomorrow is back to my normal schedule where it's 6 a.m. And then I, you you feel do you feel more alert? I'll be honest with you, man. I feel great after after work. I feel very I feel tired after the workouts because I'm just I've exerted so much energy. Yeah. But then after I eat and I get a little bit of food in me because I, I I fast workouts. I don't I don't eat during my workouts or before. Um, and that never worked for me even when I was bodybuilding. I I could never be the guy to eat an hour before a workout. It would just sit in my stomach like lump, and I would just be nauseous the whole workout. I either got to eat two hours before a workout or I just fast it and I'll eat afterwards. Right. But I feel really good. I feel uh, yesterday I was in a phenomenal mood. I was very euphoric the entire day and I just felt like nothing could stop me. But my issue is because I do and travel so much uh, and I have so many places to go along with taking care of the pup and just business calls and meetings. I had like five different meetings yesterday um, for uh, hangouts and whatnot, Google Hangouts for meetings. By three o'clock, because I'm up at four forty-five, three four o'clock, I'm starting to crash. I'm starting to get very tired. Okay, because I'm in bed by nine nine thirty now to get up that early. So that's my issue. I, I have to. I'm I'm new to this four forty-five five a.m. club, so I have to start learning how to balance it out a little bit. Maybe I have to push my coffee a little bit later in the day because I do a cold brew or I make my own coffee in the morning at like around nine ten o'clock. Huberman, uh, you know, yeah, Andrew Huberman, Andrew, yeah. phenomenal podcast. I love listening and, and, and experiencing yeah. all the things that he goes through with his research. One of the things that he says is no caffeine after like 1.32 PM because it's going to fuck your night, your nighttime schedule up. So I don't know if pushing that to like maybe noon will keep me up a little bit longer, right. but I start to definitely dip in energy and mental clarity by the late afternoon where I want to just either take a 20 minute nap or I want to just be able to sit down and chill out. That's perfect. So- you're explaining a lot about like you mentioned a little bit about time management. So at Hotworks, we're open twenty four seven. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's so cool. Every, so everything's all about uh, time management, convenience. So essentially, our members have twenty four seven access. They can come at any time. They can do as many workouts. Our members have unlimited access to uh, the studio. It's security. Uh, obviously, everybody's given a uh, um, an uh, app and access through their phone essentially to access it. And it's always under 24 hour surveillance for security mm -hmm. and everything. And, and essentially the doors are always locked, but inside is always open. Uh, we have staffed hours during the day and that's where we provide our free VIP member experiences and everything and tours and, and the free workouts. So um, most members will do more than one workout. They'll do like a hit workout and they'll do isometric workouts uh, as well. And a lot of it is that they assess uh, the reason, essentially with the time management is that they can come at any moment because we all have very busy schedules. Like you mentioned, the 5 a.m. You know, you need to, you're, you're busy working during the day. There's only certain times of the day that you can work out. So that's what's really effective. Now, the other thing about it is that it, the slogan for how it works is more workout in less time. Uh, and the reason that is more workout less time is that you when you combine heat, infrared, and exercise together, Essentially, you're getting to your target heart rate faster, so you're burning more calories in a given specific time. In a specific time, so a half hour workout under heat and infrared at Hot Works may be equivalent to one hour in regards to calorie burn. You know, what is the target heart rate that you guys see on average? I know it's different for every single person, but what do you see on an average of where you want your heart to be based on like males, females, and a rough age? Um. So we don't we we don't have access to members like heart rate demographics on that. Well, you as a as, a as somebody who has studied medicine and somebody that that studies all of the you know saunas and infrared and you know the backgrounds of it, what would you say would be 
you know, a, a target heart rate for somebody to keep at that would be good to either improve their fitness and cardio, burn calories, whatnot, and, and keep it there. So your, your maximum heart rate will be 220 minus your age. So if you can maintain that, like that 60 to 80%. That's usually good rate, to keep it right there. Yeah. If you can get to your 80% maximum heart rate, that'd be, you know, um, that'd be good. I do the I do the hot sauna at my buddy at my uh, my friend Danielle's spot. So she, that's awesome. I mean, a thirty minute session in there, you, my, my shit's pumping. Do you monitor your heart rate? Uh, I don't because I don't want my watch to burn me. because uh, <laughs> the watch gets hot because it's metal. The good. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was about to say because Apple Watch is is fine in that temperature. Is it know? because I heard mixed reviews? I was going to bring it in there. I heard that in a super hot sauna, if it starts going over 120, 130 degrees. Because hers, I think, goes to like 160, 150. And that's oh, usually what I sit why. at. I sit, at okay. I sit at that for 30 minutes. So how works uh, temperature go, is preset at 125, but um, 130 is the maximum you can set it to. Okay. So it can't go higher than that. You know, um, We always make sure that everybody's hydrated at all times, obviously. If we have like a free workout and we're there during staffed hours and somebody walks in, we're like, where is your water? We're giving everybody water, of course. And the other thing is that the more water you drink, the more effective uh, toxin flush that you're going to um, to have, essentially. So more water uh, intake uh, equates to more to re- relieving your toxin burning uh, that much more effectively. Uh, so the convenience of those workouts, um, essentially, this all started because we were looking for the most effective brand for weight loss, and we know that heart rate correlates very well with calorie burn and you know? so we're able to show that we're able you're able to achieve a target heart rate much uh much more effectively than uh when you exercise in heat in a much shorter period of time half the amount of time it'll take to reach that target heart rate compared to um working on an air-conditioned uh gym the i always tell people before their first workout I, all i can tell you is that this is nothing like you've ever experienced like you, I can tell you, very few people you know that have actually exercised within heat and infrared energy. It's just something that's never really existed before. You know, um, this it's it's done in these patented saunas that are sixty three square feet, nine by seven. Uh, there's nine of them. Uh, it's open twenty four seven, so there's so much availability. Mm-hmm. It makes it very convenient. So now, what is it? It's a it's it's a pre done workout. Like there's a screen that just takes you through a guided workout. Right. So if you ask me, are there instructors? There are instructors. There are virtual instructors, though. Gotcha. So there's these TV screens within it, uh, and then they guide you through the workout. So the wor- each sauna fits either one, two, or three people. Um, so they're private and semi-private workouts. It's great working out with friends and family members. We do need that push. You know, you do need someone, you know, you a lot of members will work out alone, of course, but um, you it, we do recommend working out with other people because it provides you with that push, not only the camaraderie of that, but the competition, healthy competition. So yeah. working, you want to work out with other members. You want to be held accountable. You know, you want to, you know, you're, you're going to hold that plank longer if someone's next to you. You don't want to, you, you, subconsciously, no matter who it is, you don't want to be perceived as weak around anybody <laughs> else. You want to, you want to do your best. You know. No, I so. feel that. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, on 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 the topic of like the science of things, so because I'm interested in that as well, the lymphatic system and the drainage and stuff like that. How do you keep that in tip top shape? Like, what is? Because I mean, I've I've heard a lot about you know lymphatic massages and making yeah. sure that everything's constantly moving essentially that was like that shake thing before i went yeah. into the sauna so our our isometric workouts are all geared towards 
toxin removal, lymphatic drainage. So the isometric workout, you're, you're, you're holding postures like yoga, traditional yoga, you know, where you're holding po- postures, compression, you're compressing the lymphatics. Uh, at the, uh, and after the, each isometric workout is roughly 45 minutes. Uh, after the 30 to 35 minutes, there's actually a foam rolling uh, session that lasts typically five to 10 minutes. And that's involved in, in draining the lymphatic system. So you've already done this toxin flush through sweat, but at the same time, you're draining the lymphatics to help aid with uh, toxin removal. By doing these compression postures, though, you're also stressing the lymphatics also. Gotcha. You know, stretching, you know, you're, you're compressing it, draining it. Um, in general, though, um, that's um, that's kind of that aspect. So um, other aspects of uh, the benefits of infrared, I got, you know, would I think would be great to talk about. We, we spoke about the calorie burn. You burn more calories because you reach that higher heart rate. We talked about um, toxin disposal, reducing the inflammatory burden. Keep in mind that all heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune diseases, much of cancers, they all have this common denominator. What is that? That's exposure to environmental toxins, environmental carcinogens. This is, we are constantly being bombarded every day with aspects of the environment that can damage our bodies though. So we're fighting it off at all times. What do you find in your research and just knowledge base? What are some of the worst ones that we are constantly around? Is there anything that ranks higher? I know they probably all rank terrible, but is there anything specifically that people can avoid or try to do differently to not have that in their system? Yeah, I mean, mainly, you know, read the ingredients of what you take, what you ingest, um, live that healthy lifestyle, essentially lifestyle modifications, do what you can to reduce that burden. We, we know how healthy exercise is, but you'd be amazed at how so few of us actually exercise, you know? We know that, um, you know, like we, I, all I would say mainly is, is live a healthy life through, the, through keeping track of what you ingest and other aspects. This is one thing that we brought to the community to help reduce that inflammatory burden is other aspects such as like IR sauna and whatnot, you know? Okay. So they measured, uh, they compared the amount of sweat seven times the amount of to- uh, toxins within an IR sauna sweat compared to a conventional medicine sweat. So you may say like, well, what about hot yoga? So hot yoga is within a conventional sauna and that's actually ambient heat. It actually doesn't penetrate the skin to release the toxin. So burn. what makes it different with an IR sauna? Like, is it just, you know, is, is it, it's not red light therapy. It's so, different. It's, it's, it, explain it. <laughs> I want to so, make sure I'm saying the right thing. Um, so it's, it's like special infrared uh, bulbs. It's at a certain wavelength of heat that allows it to penetrate. It's not um, harmful radiation. It's on the opposite end of the visible light spectrum. So most people will say, well, this is like radiation, right? It's infrared radiation. Is that harmful? Well, the the way that I like to mention is that you get more radiation by sitting in your car for 20 minutes or a half hour compared to sitting in an infrared sauna, way more. Taking an airplane midday. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's big. You know, there was one report about an airplane midday. It was the equivalent of uh, a CAT scan, right? One round trip to LA and back mm-hmm. was the equivalent of one CAT scan. That's insane. Yeah. And a CAT scan is a thousand x-rays. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but <laughs> yeah. instantly when I think of that, I think of like the, the plane. Yes. I, I try to travel at night. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, and then, um, so this, you think of ultraviolet light, tanning salons, that's ultraviolet, you know, and that's on the opposite end of Roy G. Bibb. Um, 
So, you know, you, uh, we are infrared. We are on the opposite side, on the side where there are radio waves. Or there's, that's not harm, That's the non-harmful, the non-ionizing radiation. The opposite end of the visible light spectrum is ionizing radiation. That's gamma rays. That's the harmful radiation that occurs on the opposite sides, x-rays, et cetera. So we're on the opposite side. We're on the healthy side of the radiation. Um, I wanted to mention about, you mentioned about the difference between conventional um, sauna versus infrared sauna. What makes this different? What else is benefit? I wanted to mention about the skin rejuvenation aspect Please. of uh, infrared saunas. So essentially we want our skin to look good. We want other, we, we want to look good aside from just being healthy. We want to look good, mm -hmm. you know, that, and that's, it's a very important uh, aspect and it's a big priority for, for most of us. And so they've actually studied this in in vitro studies within a dish. They, they showed that with exposure to infrared therapy, uh, to infrared radiation, sorry. Uh, they were actually able to take fibroblasts, skin fibroblasts, and they actually increased the numbers of skin fibroblasts. Those are the precursor cells for your skin. When you increase your skin, you reduce cellulite and you reduce wrinkles. So essentially they're able to, sh you can extrapolate because the dermatologists now use this. They use uh, infrared, near-infrared therapy to treat wrinkles and cellulite, actually. Really? Yeah. That's really cool. So when I mentioned to um, our members that not only are you getting healthier, but you're also anti-aging, you know, re uh, reducing wrinkles, cellulite, your skin, you're increasing collagen and elastin thickness. So you're looking younger as well as feeling younger. So. Listen, I, I, I love looking younger, man. I love it. <laughs> Still look great. I, I got it. So wait till you're 47. I got some time. <laughs> I got a couple of years in front of me before I hit 47. Um, let me ask you uh, one of these points. When we're talking about saunas, infrared, all this stuff, what's the recommended amount per week to extract, like, to get the benefits of this? I mean, I know the benefits are instant in terms of like using it, and you have that. It's not like a wait three weeks and then you'll have you'll see the benefits of it. It's an instant benefit, but like, how, what's the time? Like with cold exposure, it's like a combined from research. It's like a combined. I think something like eight to 12 minutes a week is what they recommend to get the benefits of cold exposure therapy. What would you consider this? So when it comes to heat therapy, the sauna therapy, so the Finns did a lot of, a lot of studies in regards to uh, sauna studies, but your conventional, your traditional heat, which um, they uh, are doing now more studies in regards to infrared sauna, but long-term, they did this large Finnish study that over 20 years, and they compared... Um, because it's very popular in Scandinavian countries, so popular, just traditional sa uh, saunas. One, they, they extrapolate they, um, how many, um, based on sauna sessions per week. So uh, I believe it was either 20 or 30 minutes each session. I can't recall exactly, but it was either extrapolate between one day a week, uh, you know, um, two or three, and then four to seven. And they found that the group that, that, uh, underwent sessions four to seven times per week had a 50% reduction in mortality at 20 years. Uh, they also found that they had a 66% 66, 66 reduction in progression to dementia, including Alzheimer's. It's funny that you mentioned de dementia because there's a guy that I listen to a lot, um, which it would be a good topic for to speak to your wife about as well. This guy, Bedros, uh, he's a multimillionaire, you know, one of these guys that does a lot of business coaching, but he owns a bunch of different franchises and businesses and whatnot. Immigrant from from um, from uh, Armenia from the nineties. 
I mean, just built himself up into someone that's really respectable and talked about a lot of his traumas in past life and whatnot and all that stuff. But he talked about his mother having dementia and he mentioned about how the way dementia progresses is it erodes the portion of the brain of like breathing and swallowing and stuff like that. And you just basically suffocate to death. That is yeah. terrifying, terrifying. So yeah. I started looking, I started Googling how to prevent dementia. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, when I, when I heard that, like, please no. So it's crazy that sauna. you would bring that up and just say the sauna increases the, or decreases the potential for these illnesses of Alzheimer's and dementia. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. The, so the sweet spot is four days a week. Four days a week. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Like when I get my own house, yeah, I'm going to do a cold plunge, one of the fat cold, like a Morasco Forge. They got one at OG. Nice. I want to get the one that makes its own ice so I don't have to worry about shit. Just make its own ice, filter the water out, jump in there every single day. And I want to get a sauna so bad. Um, but I want to do an infrared. I want to do it right. I want to get an infrared. I want to do all that stuff. But I, I have to come visit you guys as well. I really do. I know oh, you, yeah. I know you hit me up and you yeah. said, yo, come through. It's just, it's been a slaughter of my schedule just trying to fit everything and everyone in. Being busy is, is a great thing. Oh, it's great. Listen, yeah. I, I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate because there's a lot of people that do what I do and that don't do what I do and they're just yeah. not busy and they sit around twiddling their thumbs. So I'm very fortunate that things are amazing and I have great people to sit down, talk to and and do my damn thing with. So I appreciate you too. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there any other benefits that you want to go over for people to hear? Uh, I want to then have you extend, obviously, an invite to anybody that wants to come down, speak to you about the potentials. And then obviously, if there are people that are looking to lose weight and they need help with that side of things, I'd love for you to- Yes. So the big thing also is that, um, so uh, Dr. Daryl Perlman, my brother, he's a medical weight loss specialist. So uh, he's in Bethpage also, um, to Perlman Medical Wellness. Uh, he's, he deals with uh, medical weight loss. The other aspect I wanted to mention and touch upon was, um, so we always, what's great is that, you know, we're really, um, interested in a holistic approach to, to health and well being. you know, um, we are, our base, our base of, of like training was in pharmacologic therapy, but as time went on, we realized that. You know, that really doesn't really factor into primary prevention as as much as secondary prevention. So that's when we got involved with other aspects in preventing um, disease rather than treating it in both, obviously. But uh, but um, he incorporates not only pharmacologic therapy in his medical weight loss, you know, so he, you know, you know the medic, obviously the medical weight loss field has exploded recently and it's very effective. So we definitely like to incorporate both the medical therapy with hot works. So we're incorporating both. So the, I mean, essentially we, we like to refer to it as magic. When you combine medication with hot works, it's total magic because it's so effective. Why do you think that's been loss. such a boom? I mean, I know why, but why do you think that's been such a boom in medical, weight loss? medical weight loss and people that are seeking these professionals out and get this help? Because obviously this wasn't something that in the seventies and sixties, wasn't something that people had to yeah. go seek out. You when, look at pictures of people back then, you almost see that most of the bodies were a lean body and there were a lot of different aspects. And now you look at it and you see more heavy set, love handily, oblong looking people more, more so than, than lean people now. So the so traditionally the medications they used in the past, the, uh, such as like fentramine, Adipex, uh, fendometrazine, those medications are actually sympathomimetics, which means they just raise your heart rate though but in an unhealthy manner. 
So they just remain high, remain high. And that could actually be kind of more, to, you know, um, toxic to your system. Essentially, it was it was made, they, what they decided was that you can, there was a maximum time that you could be on those medications, three months. So that what people would do, they go three months on, three months off, three months on, three months off. And these medications came out of the 60s, you know, and they knew that health-wise, not the safest in that case, you know. Um, like, for instance, we know that infrared saunas raise your heart rate, but you're not in there 24 hours a day, though. Yeah. They know the down regulation afterwards and everything. Those are the overall health benefits. So that's why the infrared sauna is so healthy also. These medications, they're raising like taking a handful of hydroxycut, man. It's just fucking just these these diet yeah. fat burner pills that really just raised your shit. That's all it did. I took fat fat burners when I was a kid. I was right. 270. I was pre-diabetic in, uh, when I was a little kid. Wow. Yeah, I was 270 in high school, 11th grade. 270, and then I dropped. Now you're, now you're in six shape, man. So. Thank you, brother. I yeah. appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I competed twice. I did my yeah. thing. So 270 down to 190 in one summer. I just, I did all handball. I played ton of handball outdoors, sweating <laughs> my ass off, just going crazy, just moving my body. There was, I would play for, uh, we, we must have played for like six hours a day wow. when we were out there, just like moving constantly, sore, getting a tan. You're out getting vitamin D. It's just, it was a, it was a, it, it was a, a perfect storm of scenarios to just lean me out. And then I felt great. I really did. Right. So you knew specifically you couldn't do that for the rest of your life, obviously. It would be very unhealthy to keep like, uh, not not the handball part though, but the hydroxy cut. Sorry. Yeah. Handball is very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned hydroxy cut earlier. But I believed Lord. all those bodybuilding I, Right magazines. when I said that, I was like, no, handball is no, 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 handball's good. Handball is yeah. very healthy. No. Keep it, doing that. <laughs> dude, it was, it was, it, it's crazy though, yeah. because that's the, and I say this every episode and people are probably thinking I'm a broken record. That's the side of the fitness industry that I absolutely fucking hate i hate the bullshitters the snake oil salesmen right. the dudes that are like yo take this pill and you're gonna drop 50 pounds or do this do that and there's no studies that really make it i actually just thought when we were talking i and mentioned hydroxy cut i was like i want to get all those old hydroxy cut ads and now that i'm in the field of creative like you know agency type stuff i want to see the horrible photoshop jobs that i fell for when i was a young kid yeah because it's horrible yeah. 30 days look at this dude he's got abs now and you see this as a fat yeah. little kid you're like Oh shit, like this is what girls like. I want to get in shape. I want to look better. And realistically, you just have to have a healthy lifestyle that's balanced, yeah. not take a bunch of fucking pills and still eat like an asshole. So you and not move. Exactly, exactly. You mentioned about the studies, you know, like I wanted to, to dive into that. And I think that's why the medical weight loss uh, industry is about, is really exploded. Uh, and one of the reasons actually is to remember a, a lot of the medications we use for weight loss, they actually started as treatment for diabetes. So what happened was they were studying these medications. So what the the biggest, uh, most prominent class is called the GLP-1 agonist. So that's glucagon-like peptide one agonist therapy. So what they did is it's been prescribed since uh, since the mid-2000s, 2005. It started with a medication called Bietta. It was more uh, short-acting compared to the, the longer term. Now they're like given as once weekly. But what happened early on was they start, the FDA started requiring uh, the drug makers to release these long-term studies to establish safety, cardiovascular safety of <laughs> these drugs. So what, and the reason that was, was that there was, there were certain medications that came out that were, that were showing like increased mortality actually. So what happened was, was that all the FDA had, they required of the drug makers was to show a non-inferiority of 1.3. So what that means is that the drug that the makers are make, are are are, uh, are selling? It's already on the market, actually. So they actually don't have to show the safety until 
uh, after the drug's already on the market. They actually started these trials after. And I want you to remember this point because yeah. I want you to continue, but on that topic really quickly, yeah. my friend Camilla, she's over in the UK. We talk about, she's on the RAIN team in UK. She's like one awesome. of the head people out in, uh, for them in the Europe team. We talk about this all the time, how their companies have to prove that something is safe to come out on the market. We don't have to as a US. We could just come out technically and then deal with all the repercussions later on and it's screwed yes. up. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you well off, said. but no, that was no. perfect to just jump in on. Well said. You know, there's a lot of things the UK do better than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, or vice versa too, right? Yeah. Was, <laughs> Sorry about that. So, so as you were saying, so they dude, didn't have to prove dude. the, F, they didn't have to prove that it was actually safe ahead of time. They had to prove it afterwards as you were. Yeah. So what happened was is the FDA made it pretty easy though. They, they, they set the bar pretty low. Of course they uh, did. An inferiority uh, ratio of 1.3 means that in the intervention, the treatment group, for instance, let's say for one of the GLP-1 agonist group, they have to show that it's 30, causes only 30% more deaths than placebo. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which means that like, let's say Ozempic, it's, it's undergoing its cardiovascular, this is already years ago already. Ozempic had their cardiovascular safety data. It's been released for years already. But when they started the study, they just had to show just 30%. Then the results come out and the results are insane. You know, so um, for in this class, so it shows that you know, ultimately, it showed this massive reduction in cardiovascular events and and uh, cardiovascular mortality amongst the GLP one agonist group, amongst other classes of diabetes medications. They actually showed, they actually amazingly showed that it was reducing like uh, cardiovascular mortality, especially with people with pre existing cardiovascular uh, disease. Then a big aspect, which more so than a lot of the other medications that are we use for treat to treat for diabetes, was a reduction in stroke. So the GLP-1 agonist class is so effective at reducing stroke, so much to the point that they have um, many of these medications have received the FDA indication to be used for the purpose of cardiovascular reduction. You know, card of uh, MACE, major adverse cardiovascular event reduction, and CV mortality. So, so. We, you extrapolate that as it's been now, that was treated in patients with diabetes, the highest risk group. You treat something with the highest risk group, then you know it's going to be safer for a lower risk group. So um, so then you know at this point, the safety is there. And I think that's one of the big reasons that it did explode within the medical weight loss uh, community because you have established safety within this class of drugs. Um, there are still ongoing studies though. They're studying it for cardiovascular risk reduction in people without diabetes now. Uh, and those results will come back soon. You wouldn't expect to yield as a robust effect because the sicker you are, the more, the closer the time to intervention. So that's how you're going to be, you're going to be able to see it. So when you're dealing with a healthier group, you may not have as robust data, but the establishment of cardiovascular safety is already, already there. And I think that's really the big reason why you're seeing it everywhere. The biggest reason everyone always says is blaming just Elon Musk and Kim Kardashian. That's what everyone's <laughs> blaming because they posted it on their social media yeah. and everything. Uh, and that is true also, but without a doubt, this is it's a fantastic group of group uh, class of, of medications. It is effective for weight loss. What we recommend as physicians, though, uh, is you need to do both. You know, you don't need to do pharmacologic therapy. But you definitely have to do lifestyle modifications. That's know? what I was going to say. It's just it's it's to, relying yeah. on a substance that's just going to trim you up and shit like that. You're just as bad as somebody that's taking gear and steroids and stuff like that just to get ready. You know. 
Huh, that's always a <laughs> that's always a hard thing for me because I'm friends with a lot of the big name bodybuilders. So like I get why they have to take cycles. They have to do it because what puts asses in the seats and what they're going to do to compete with the next guy next to them is they have to run these cycles of steroids. It just is what it is. That's the that's the dark side of the sport. But at the same time, it's you get it. Like you're just like, well, that's their choice. That's what they're doing. You know this and that. But like the average Joe that's going to sit there. And go, well, I'm going to take this drug that I saw Elon Musk or Kim Kardashian take, and it's just going to trim me up, and I don't have to. Nah, bro. There's a lot more to this thing. Like, First off, they got private chefs. They got shit that they, they're training. They have personal trainers. I don't think Elon's training at the same elite level as some of the athletes that I know, but he's still getting <laughs> he's still getting workouts in, and he can have every single meal weighed to the T for him and get, delivered to him. Hey, it's time to eat. It's time to eat instead of us that we have to do everything ourselves and it is more challenging, but you can't just rely on just an external source to get it. So I agree wholeheartedly. I've always been on the side of put the hard work in. You know, I did my two shows naturally. I didn't take anything. The hardest shit I took was a fat burner. I was offered yeah. everything under the sun, what everything. Was, so what would you say is the main reason that you chose to go complete natural route, health, healthy route? I think yeah. I, I, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a two-pronged type of a situation. Maybe three pound, three. I'm gonna start off with this one. The first one was, I dropped all of this, all of my weight over my life naturally, so I felt like I would be shortchanging myself if I started taking external sources to get leaner or to get harder, you know, with muscle density and whatnot. My body is capable of some amazing things. Why, why shortchange it and and cause and use an external factor to to increase that or then become reliant on it for mm. X amount of years. The second thing was I did a lot of research on the compounds that I was told to take. Didn't like those side effects. We go back to the first part of okay. this podcast with injuries. I'm good on that. I don't like doctors. So if I have to take, if, if I'm going to be recommended by a dude who never went to fucking school or college on gear compounds and what all of these different steroids do, clenbuterol, uh, Anavar, Tren, all these different things that are... He acts like he, this person acts like he's an expert on, right, right. but he just gives it to somebody and like does his research like that. Oh, well, this athlete took X amount, so I'll, you're lighter than him, so I'll try this amount on you. What? I'm putting my life in this person's hands? So you would, yeah. So you, I'm good on that. The, 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 I mean, just on clenbuterol alone, it's a very widely used drug in the fitness yeah. industry. Clenbuterol is, it torches fat, yes, but it has the potential on most cases to increase your heart ventricle size. Yeah. I'm good on that, bro. Like, I don't need that shit in my life. What, I got to worry about a heart attack at 35, 40 because I took yeah. Clen to get ready for a show that I got a plastic trophy at? Yo, I'm I'm set on that, bro. I'm, I'm good on that. And some people, that's all they want to do, which is fine. Yeah. If that's what your life and your, you get the old dudes that say, oh, well, I would have rather have lived 40 years as a lion than 80 years as a sheep. It's like, shut the fuck up, bro. Because when you have that heart attack and you're praying on the side of the bed saying, I'll never touch another steroid again. Oh, uh, so, yeah. Come on, bro. Like we, you know what you did to yourself. We, no one's, no one's, no one's blind to the fact that you were taking X amount of compounds and it fucked your internal organs. It is what it is. Yeah. You were thinking long-term. That's really what it was. Have to, that's you have you to, I, you know, most people don't. And I'll let, I'll leave off on this. The third point that made me never want to touch anabolic steroids. And I, I will probably take TRT at one point. I will probably take test re replacement maybe therapy. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but I, I'm getting my levels checked soon. I've been training hard again, eating right, so my levels should be pretty accurate on what I'm doing. Uh, a few years ago, they were in the 600s, which is pretty good. Um, that was 30, That when I was 30. 
So they were in the 600s and I wasn't training for about a month and a half. So those levels were really good uh, in my eyes. But the third reason that I didn't want to jump on anything was because I saw the mental changes uh, of the people that I was around Ooh, as they okay. hit harder cycles and they they became dependent on these substances. To me, wasn't worth it. Just the the mental instability and the aggression towards having to stay on something because they know if they cut this out of their cycle or they cut this out of what they're using, generally most of these dudes, they deflate and they don't look the same. Right. So for them, it's almost like a mental ego battle as well. Well, now I'm on this for life. I have to yeah, keep taking yeah, that. Yeah. And then we go back to the long-term side effects. Yeah. Well, now you're on this fucking thing for life. So how is that going to affect your organs? Yeah. Yep. So that that's, for me, that was always my mindset on why. Yeah, so you definitely you were thinking long term, um, and you know not every, everybody thinks like you. You know yeah. that's the truth. You know a lot of people think more short term in the moment, worry about it later. You know you definitely if your mom put you in front of the marshmallow test, you would have passed it. <laughs> I don't know about but, that. I was a fat little kid. I love marshmallows. <laughs> you know the test, right? The Stanford. Yeah, test. So yeah. for people that don't know, if you want to talk about it, because it's very funny. It's it's yeah, delayed it's gratification. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, Essentially, the uh, the parent puts the marshmallow in front of them, sit here for five minutes. If you wait five minutes without eating the marshmallow, then you get two. Or you could just have this marshmallow right now. And they actually extrapolated it out to 30 years, I believe. And they were able to correlate the marshmallow test with income, uh, I think, uh, well, like essentially just um, achievement. Oh, uh, and achievement of which like level of education they were actually able to. So I, I think Nick, you definitely uh, passed the marshmallow <laughs> test for sure. I passed the uh, the the yeah. potential marshmallow test. Yeah, but I do love marshmallows, man. So oh man, that'd be a tough five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, mentioning about the weight loss, I don't know if you don't mind, I'll I'll stray back. I'll uh, go back to that in a moment. I just want to uh, mention about my uh, the Perlman Medical Wellness. They also, um, aside from medication, they do other holistic aspects. You know, um, is acupuncture. So with acupuncture, it's actually modifying the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system to actually promote satiety. Actually, you're uh, you're you're innervating the vagus the vagal the vagus nerves to actually uh, you know uh, modulate your level of satiety. So it's it's acupuncture being used essentially as a weight loss medication. So that's an aspect that they show. So it's and you've seen great results from that. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's a multifactorial uh, approach towards weight loss. So they do acupuncture. Um, they do facial acupuncture there. That's separate, though. That's aesthetic aspect of their Perlman Medical Wellness, though. But I just wanted to mention that part also. That's cool. Yeah. My friend Marina, she owns her spot up uh, yeah. Seven Loma Place in Huntington. She was on. She had a double mastectomy. Wow. Uh, she talked about the entire journey. She's a phenomenal human being, beautiful soul. She's amazing. But she does acupuncture. She does cryotherapy, spot awesome. cryo, not not the full stand up one. Okay, spot cryo. She does cupping. She does all that Great. stuff. Yeah. And uh, she's always talked so highly of the acupuncture aspect for a lot of different things. I've never gotten it. Once again, afraid of needles. I'm a little baby, but uh, I know it's not the same as a needle. It's just like a little boop, like pop in type yeah. of situation. But uh, I got to get over it. And I I want to get a treatment and just see what it's like. Yeah, you'll be you'll be fine. Yeah, I had yeah. a I had an ex girlfriend that had any a face you have also that that really helps so much. Uh, like I have a cervical herniated disc, and it just literally just flames everything up down the left side of my to my fingers. Total like pain, and the only thing that seems to help. I've tried, you know, I've tried gabapentin, prednisone, inject steroid injections, and the one thing that finally really helped was the acupuncture. 
And so that was the only thing. You try when you're in pain. You oh, you'll try. do you'll do anything. You try anything. So yeah. would you do would you do the stem cell therapies? Yeah, I'm not that much of an athlete. I mean, I'm an athlete, but I mean, I don't like I'm athletic. I mean, but um, because that was I a, got that, to that level. <laughs> that was a Tony Robbins thing. Yeah, he uh, what do you have a skiing accident or something like oh, that? Okay. And, he, and he screwed himself up, and they basically said, I, I forget what the injury was. It might have been his shoulder. I have to look it up. Um, so if anybody knows and you want to comment below and let yeah. me know, you know, because obviously the episode will come out before I look it up and put notes in. But um, he he uh, he had some type of issue, and they basically told him you can't jump around, you won't be able to lift your arms over your head or something like that. And that's ninety nine percent of the stuff that he does on stage. So bringing your energy and you know increasing that mental state and this and that and dude jumping around every four fucking seconds. So you look at somebody like that, you're like telling this dude not to be able to stand and jump around. He did stem cell treatments. Wow. Uh, and I believe it was a drip. Okay. He said the first day he felt like the tingling and the numbness and this and that, which he knew was going to be a side effect of it because he did his research. And then afterwards, it was like a week after, totally fine. Nothing. It actually like the issue that he had regressed. Crazy. So yeah. you may want to look into something like that. I know a lot of people that do stem cell uh, type treatments. My my guy, James, I, the coach down in Florida, I call, I call him mad scientist. He... um. He got literally run over by a car. He was motorcycle. Oh, no. He was on his bike. Older guy just ran him over. The The tire actually went over his back. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and the helmet got almost crushed. He was wearing his helmet. And um, they said if he didn't, it's funny because I was going to bring it up before. They said if he didn't have as much muscle mass on him, yeah. that he would have gotten much more severely injured. Right, right. Of course. But, I mean, he couldn't even yeah. supinate 15-pound dumbbell from wow. his injuries for a long time. Did some stem cell treatments and he's back to deadlifting and doing his thing again. So awesome. it's amazing. That side of the medical industry, I'm just always enamored by with how much advancement we have. Yeah. And if we have that type of advancement that's being trickled out to people all over the world and country, you can only imagine what they have behind closed doors. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You think of like AI now. Right. AI is so oh, prevalent God. and huge and yeah. the applications that you can use it for. Well, th that's that's out to the public now. They've probably had that for 10 years. Right. What's really behind closed doors? That's really what I I, I think yeah. about and ponder. Yeah. 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 It's cool yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, I did want to ask you something on the endocrino endocrinology yeah, side. I did have a couple of like little points that I, I was interested in. Um, I know it's pituitary gland, adrenal gland, um, parathyroid gland disorders are some of the stuff that as an endocrinologist you handle. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you face in treating patients with endocrine disorders? Is like something that I, I wanted to just ask you. And yeah, you got it. Yeah. yeah. You go. You go. We're gonna wrap soon. I mean, if you want to go to the bathroom, you can. Oh, okay. I do. Okay, you no, got no, it. No. You can. I mean, but oh, no, I'll do it. I'll go we've been going for almost an hour and a half. Oh yeah. Yeah. Time flies. <laughs> like you said, time flies. Yeah, it goes by quick. Yeah. I promise you. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm just gonna run, run right, right back. Oh right. yeah. Go. You good? You good? All right. Sorry about that. No, no. Don't okay. apologize. You're good. Yeah, yeah. I got this dude coming on in a few weeks about, uh, he's talking about the youth fitness league that he does. So he trains up a lot of kids and coaches them up just to, just to better them. That's something that I'm, I'm vastly passionate about <laughs> is making sure that we don't have any more of those coca melon kids that just sit there drool oh, as they stare coca at a melon. fucking iPad. Terrible. I'm good on that, man. My, my, my boy, my boy, uh, my boy is, um, he's a good dad. He's a good, he's a really good dad, but he falls short in a lot of things like that, in my opinion. I don't have kids, so I can't sit there and judge him yeah. fully. But what I can judge is like, yo, take the iPad from your kid and, and keep him outside or put him in some Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes or karate yeah. classes. Like get, I, get get the kid moving. Like just 
you know, I'm like trying to talk. I'm like, I have two kids. <laughs> yeah, man. So it's just like, I don't have any kids. So I have a dog. So I, that's, oh, yeah. so, but I can, I can view things from the outside and, and perspectively see these behaviors that they instill in these how children. Are, oh, how old are his kids? My godson's going to be five this year. It's oh, okay. He's a little there. Yeah. I have uh, be six. He's going to be five or six this year, but then he also has a daughter who's like two or three now, okay. but it's the same thing, man. Yeah, I have anytime, anytime they do anything, bro, just like puts a, Anytime they start acting up or anytime that just, oh, here's the iPad. They just throw it right in their face. Like, we don't need any more of those kids, bro. Oh, we don't yeah. need any more Cocomelon kids sitting I there have, drooling with their brains. Yeah, my wife and I, we are very anti-Cocomelon. We had, so we have uh, we have And I kids. say that because that's the only yeah. kids show that I really know because I hear it all the time. But There's a couple good ones, though. So Ms. Rachel is amazing. It's like awesome. But anyway, I have a three-month-old and a 17-month-old. Damn. It's insane. It's crazy. You shower less. I'm sure. You uh the other thing the big thing about being a dad is that you can't pee on your own schedule. Cause you're around that. You're there, you're there to watch them. You're making sure that they don't kill themselves, essentially. Yeah, you know? Essentially, because they're dumb little they, beings. That's really what it is. They just don't know. They, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're like yeah. dumb little beings. They yeah, just yeah. do things, they touch fucking sockets and shit. Yeah. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna be a good dad, by the way. Thank you. I think you are. You're gonna be a really good dad. <laughs> I'm over know? the top with my dog, so I could only yeah, my mom says dad. That, you know, with him yeah. with the epilepsy, she's like, This has been a very good yeah. lesson for when you eventually have children. It's just like this is like yeah. eye opening. So this is what it is. So everything, being a dad, a good dad, I mean, like, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a good dad because I'm not going to judge myself. And I'm sure that if I was, lived in somebody, another family's house or was a fly on the wall, I'd be like, wow, that dad is so much better at the job that I'm doing. You know, like, but, so, but you don't see that as when you're a dad, you don't see anything what any other parent is like, you know, outside of well, your Well, you also got to be focused on what you're doing and you have to yeah. raise your children with your values and things that you want to instill in them, hard work or whatever it might be. I... So to me, that I go, I keep going back to that dude Bedros. I really, I really fuck with him. Like I really love the message that he puts out. I'll show you some of his stuff before you leave. Yeah, just so you can like maybe check him out yourself if you like that motivational type stuff. He's dope, man. And there's a project that he does. It's called, um, uh, I forget what it is for the children. I think it's something like raising a knight. Okay. And basically, when your son comes of age, like in the te- early teens, you go out. And basically you guys do ice baths, ice baths oh, together. Awesome. You guys do like these crazy hikes all with this group. And it's almost like a coming of age, like the transition point from adolescence to being a man yeah. and, and, and teaching them overcoming adversity and, and taking stress and not succumbing to the stress, but learning from it and being a problem solver instead of just somebody that's complains. These are all important things for a young man to learn, especially from their father. So it's like a bonding moment when you go out and do something like this. Yeah. I told my boy about this. I said, yo, you and, you and, you know, you and, um, I don't want to give the names, my, you and my godson should go do it and this and that. Yeah. Why would I teach? Uh, why would I go pay for another man to teach my son? I'm like, okay, bro, just shut the so, fuck up. I'm like, yeah, just, just, just go, go, then, then don't. I don't know what to tell you, bro. I'm like, just go do whatever you want then. I yeah. think that it would be cool. So, as a parent, like, I mean, first of all, being a dad is like the greatest thing in the world. It really is. So it's, it's awesome. It's, it's nothing I ever really thought it would be like at the same time. But what you kind of happens is that what happens is that you, you want to just do anything with them. You don't care if like, you're like, if someone tells you like, this is something really good to do. You just do it because you just want to do it because you're like, I'll do anything for my, my kids like that. That's just how it is, you know? Um, and it's just fun. That's what it is. Like, cause it, it's a whole new life for you as well. But the main thing is you want to make sure, um, 
is when they're young. So like, which my kids are, is you just, your job is to baby proof the house. <laughs> to, yeah. You know, like gates are up before they're alive. Uh, the electrical sockets closed. Uh, watch everything they're doing. Uh, you know, make sure you change their diaper as often as possible. Um, and then you want to just keep talking to them like that. That's the big thing. You want to like keep saying words. So like, you know, just keep saying numbers and letters, alphabets, you know, saying, now you got to be careful though, because if you curse- I do curse a lot. They're going to curse too. And yeah. I have a video that I even posted on, like on my own page of my son saying, curse, curse, bleep, 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 bleep. like just constantly cursing. And my wife looks at me and she's like, look what you've done. Look what you've done. <laughs> you've done this, you know? So it's, uh, so it, it's definitely, it's, it's very rewarding. Um, but I think that's it. You're you're essentially you're like uh, damage control. You know, yeah. that's it. You're working. You're stewarding a young soul into this world that is the planet and and yeah. Earth. And right. You have to teach them. You have to teach them the things that. That's why I think a lot of kids get screwed up because you have parents that shouldn't be parents <laughs> that instill their yeah. belief systems and values on these children when they're so imprintable and so sponge like. And then these kids grow up with these values and we sit around, we wonder why this person's, why this kid's a bad seed or why this kid, uh, like, yeah. no, babies don't start out that way. They start out fresh, man. That's a fresh canvas to make sure that you're raising that child in a, in a, in a optimal, uh, complementary to the development, enthusiastic, uh, positive environment. Yeah. But you know, I got, I got my, I got my friends that they fight with their, their girls all the time, yeah. screaming, yelling at each other, cursing at one another. I'm single, man. I've been single since 2018. I don't play that shit. Like if somebody doesn't come in my life that makes it better, I don't I don't waste my time. I have right. other things that I have to do. Yeah. So like I think of, I look at these and I go, you know, this is going to negatively infect the children. Yeah. Like they're, they're watching this yeah. and they're seeing this and they're taking all of these hateful words that you guys are throwing at each other yeah. oh, and, and yeah. they're just, they're, they're, they're- Don't fight in front of the kids. <laughs> oh no, that's, no, constantly- <laughs> Constantly. Oh, they're gonna see that. Oh no, no, it's oh not even about God. seeing it. It's when they don't see it. It's probably an off shot. It's weird uh, that they don't see it. Okay, yeah. It's it's bad, man. And once again, I, I'm not here to reprimand people and tell them how to yeah. raise their children or live their life or this and that. But from just the experiences that I've seen and growing up in a in a single mother household since I was two, that's huge, man. You yeah. just you got to keep that negativity away because just like yes. just like these negative experiences, let's say on money. Money was always a negative talking point in the house. Okay. You're always going to have that thought process that money is negative and you're going to uh, build that case yeah. around it. Think about relationships as well. You know, you, you feel like this person that you're with is always negative, like you're fighting, 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 fighting. The kids are going to pick that up and they're never going to have a serious and healthy relationship when they right. grow up. Yeah. I mean, it, dating sucks. I remember that. Yeah, it does. I, I, <laughs> dating I mean, really sucks. <laughs> Being like, yeah, being married with kids is like so much better. Yeah, man. <laughs> but I won't settle. Like I don't deal with any of that crap. But I won't settle. I won't do it. You can't settle. No, no. I will never not do it. No, never settle. But also, this is like the most important thing that I always tell everyone. I always tell like, I tell my, like my wife's brother when, you know, seeking, you know, out, you know, relationships. Because a lot of people have like these like lists, like definitely throw the list away. There's only one thing that's important is whether that that person is a nice human being. You got to be attracted to them, of course, you know. But number one, most important is just if they're nice. Yeah, I everything else will fall into place if they're nice. Yeah, I'm just not. <laughs> I've dated nice girls. I've dated yeah. mean girls. I've dated everything in between, and it's just um, I don't know. I can't get past. 
I'm all for courting somebody and like showing interest and and making initiative and 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 showing that I want to be with this person. Right, right. But in today's age, I think social media has gassed everyone's head up uh, so much. And the dating pool is very interesting now because yeah. whereas the hottest girl in Nebraska, let's say, used to only have the selection of the people that were around her in a town, now a rap artist will fly her out from, you see her on Instagram, oh, yeah. he'll fly her down to Miami. So yeah. girls and, and guys, they see these fake lifestyles on Instagram and social media and whatnot. And they think it's real. They think it's a reality. And yeah. that, I think, distorts everyone's mental uh, yeah. clarity on what a relationship is. And no one's perfect. Yeah. No one is ever perfect. Everyone's got, I'm not perfect. I have tons of issues. But I'm working on these issues and I'm trying to be a better man in a constant way. Whereas I feel like these other people are just like, oh, take me as I am. It's like, no, then I won't. I'll just sit with my dog and I'll build my business up. I'm good on that. Have a good one. Yeah. Like I don't need it that bad. But my, my friends will date girls like the ship is going down. Just because they have to have that attachment to somebody. I got a dater. Oh, okay. I have right. to have a significant other. It's like, why, bro? Um, yeah, I mean, do are, are you at a point in your life where you want a relationship? I love a relationship. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm also not gonna sacrifice my non-negotiables, which are, you know, yeah. how a woman is gonna treat herself and treat me and display her image on social. Right, it's too no. easy to get these girls yeah. that just like butt shots every four seconds it's like yo yeah. it's like it's like yo is this like what is this is cool. it paid advertisement back in the day you'd be called a whore well what are we doing over here it's right. crazy so you know you get into the well it's my fitness brand it's this and that it's like nah i'm good on that i'm not looking for yeah. somebody that just like is displaying themselves like an ad on their page it's not what we do because then there'll just be more headaches oh it's a lot of more headaches. obstacles more a lot things. of and then it builds insecurity in yourself yeah. and Whoever your partner is, whether you're a woman, whether you're a man, whether your partner, is, whether you're gay, straight, doesn't matter. Your partner reflects you in some way. So if your partner's doing shady shit, looking weird on socials and that, oh. everyone's gonna look at you like, damn man, like that's your that's your girl, that's your man, like that's it. Yeah. God damn, I don't know. Just Nick's uh, Nick's uh, two cents in relationships and and what 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 I feel. Yeah, I think definitely go with the. Um I mean, you know, we grew up in the same town, you know, like, so like, there's like, you know, like there's more of an understanding if you come from the same town, like I came from the same, I, I grew up in the same town as you. So there's, it's relatable in that sense. Like, I But kinda, there's a 20 year, a, t a 15 year difference. Oh yeah. So maybe time, life did change That's big, lot. man. Y'all yeah. didn't have cell phones I'm back then. Old. I'm like totally old. Yeah, no, not old. Just different. I would have preferred to grow up in your generation, to be honest yeah. with you. Oh, yeah. There's no phones. Less anything. the social media, less all the bullshit, less all yeah. the instant access to every single person on the planet. I would have preferred that. Yeah. I'm a it 90s was, baby, man. Well, you know what, it, what? Now, like, it's really tough because I've also lived during the online dating era, too. And the online dating era. And so I've already, I've experienced that. Because I I mean, I, I, you know, I essentially, you know got married late you know i had children later and that'd be me i'm totally and i'm totally cool with that man oh I'm, yeah, yeah i'm in no there's rush. a lot of benefits so the, the benefits to getting to having children late getting married and children later in life is um you're i you're probably you're you're just more like responsible and smarter and and, and like you're gonna be just a better dad i that's what I, I always think i don't know how true it is but i think that the older you are just i i can picture myself myself if i had a child at age 20 Oh, I would have been a terrible dad. Oh, I'm good terrible. on that. I'm good on that. Terrible, you know? And you're also more financially secure as well. Right. You Which know what I'm saying? Gives you're you not, more time. Yeah, you're not worried spend. about how yeah. am I going to afford these diapers? Look, so, and 
Right, right. So I think in that sense, you know, I definitely would, uh, that's the advantage. The, the disadvantage though, at that age is that you're, you know, like one thing is my, my parents are older now, you know? So it's like, they, they're not that 60 something year old grandparents that could just be flying and babysit whenever you need to or anything. They, they can't, you know, that's just like, you know, they can't like, you know, driving the kids to like practices, like they can't. So you didn't, so your community village dwindles a little bit when you're an older father, you know? I can get that. So that's that's the one, you know, downside that, like, you know, there's, there's ups and downs to everything, you know? Yeah. That's really what it is. You know, there's an advantage if you had a child now, or and there's another advantage if you had a child 15 years from now, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in no rush. I'm, I'm good on that. My dog keeps yeah. me busy enough. I, I, I worry over him like he is a child. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great, you know? You could, that's uh, it's a little bit of practice then, you know? Yeah. Uh, let me let me touch on yeah. a couple of endocrinology yeah, yeah. things, and then I'm gonna run to the city, and we will have to rip another podcast in the future. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, I'm always down, man. I I always invite everybody back on. I'd love to chop it up more because otherwise, this I mean, guy is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, Nick. bro. For yeah. real. No, I mean, you know what? Thank you for like inviting me into this experience. Like, you know, what I mean, like, like I'm, I've never done a podcast in person like this. Like, thank you for like. You know, if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't, for, I gotta give a shout out to Alan. Also. Alan, thank you, Alan, for like, setting it up, the yeah. homie. Yeah, I mean, like you know, so um, if it wasn't for Alan, it, like, and you know, we wouldn't have done, been involved. In this, this is just like you know, life's all about new experiences. That's it. You know, yeah, life's about telling a story, and this is just one piece in the story of you know of my life. This is you know, this aspect is your your story that you're writing on your own. It's a really nice thing. It's like this is great. Like you know, like who would have thought that I'd be sitting here in this like sounding like this crazy room just like recording room you know just yeah. like ripping this up you know like just wait for the like, next one man the next office is gonna be f fucking awesome i i i have the space that i'm looking at right now uh what is this this is like 190 square feet it's small in here man so i'm backed up on my shit and stuff like that this weird like outcove i hate that because it makes it harder to put the camera in the corner but, but the next space is going to be i think it's almost 600 square feet Awesome. So nice. little little level ups, little victories. Yeah. As as that dude Bedro says, everyone's gonna think I'm like a fangirl, man. But as he says, you get up, you win the morning, yeah. you win the day, you win the day, you win the week, you win the week, you win the month, you win the one th you win the months, you win the years, yeah. years to decades. And then these small little victories, they equal success in the grand scheme of things instead of just what you see on on social or you see on the internet of just like oh it just struck gold overnight it's like no nah, it doesn't happen like that you have to have these little victories to get you to the place that you're supposed to be yeah you're writing your own story you know till the ink runs out baby that's right 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 <laughs> till the ink runs out but it's great though you know it's a, you know like the, you know it's so relatable you know like you wake up each day and you have a plan and you're like you know it's each day you're like this day may end worse than it started or it may end up way better than it started you know like but it's a fresh day, day every single day yeah. fresh day to rewrite the chapter if it was a shit day the day before or you wake up and your morning's a little off or you you know today i was a little slower out of bed i'm sore i'm tired this and that because i've just been training every single day without a rest day but just got to get into high gear and just get ready for the day. And then as the day starts to progress, you start feeling good. You're loosening up. You're feeling energetic. You drink a rain. You know, life is good, man. <laughs> and then you're like waking up in Germany and, you know. Like, yeah, then I'll be in Germany on <laughs> Sunday night. I got to leave. So Monday I'll be in Germany. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. How cool is that? It's very cool. How many people can say that they're going to wake up in Germany on, you know. I was know, in Dubai last reason. year. What? I've been everywhere, man. Damn. Yeah, I've been everywhere. I've been, in my life, I've been to... Switzerland, Italy, France. Now I'll be in Germany. I've been to Greece very briefly on a cruise. Dubai. 
um, Hawaii twice alone, and then a bunch of um, Puerto Rico. I'm trying to think of international. Been to Canada, Mexico, um, nowhere in Asia yet. I was invited to go to a couple places in Asia. I just haven't gone yet. Yeah, uh, and then just all around, all around the country, man. I've been to most of the states in the in the in the United States, and and you're you're going there like this is like not vacation. You are like oh, this is a big shoot. These are shoots. This is big shoot. This, this some of that stuff that I mentioned was was vacation. Okay, like the Switzerland, Italy, France was like a study abroad. But now you're like you're in like work mode right now. Like you're like you're like you're being flown to do different jobs and yeah. stuff like that. That's like yeah. So I'm a I'm a. How many people can say that? Not a lot, man. I'm very for, I'm very fortunate, now? very blessed. There's a like I said, I wake up and just go to the the hospital and just go to the office and just go home. Hospital, office, home. Hospital. Yeah, the monotony of things can be a little tiring sometimes. That's what I had Not a problem with. It is, but it isn't. I, you know, you get to ch- you get to literally change people's lives. That's amazing. You get to save people's lives and change people's lives. Right, and you. So, but you're doing that too through the microphone. Yeah, through, I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to just get the right info out yeah. there and just have a good time doing it. Chop it up, just chill. You know, like I like I told you on the phone before this. It's a very relaxed conversation. This yeah. is just. It's very re- relatable and chill. I want people that watch this and listen to this. I want to feel like I want them to feel like they're sitting at the head of the table with us, just right. kicking it and just chopping it up. Yeah, this yeah. is supposed to be relaxing, you know. Yeah. This podcast is going to be about two hours. I tell people all the time. I go, I don't expect you to listen to the whole two hours right out the gate. I'm not offended. You listen hey. to ten minutes here. Maybe you come back a week later. You listen to another twenty minutes. It's cool, man. The yeah. podcast is going to live there. Listen to it at your own leisure. Right. Skip around if you want. There are relatable and unrelatable things to every single person. Yeah. If you find something relatable in things that we talk about, that means a lot to me. Right. You know, now that I go to OG, I have a lot of people, uh, I'll say what's up to people just out of just saying hi. Yeah. Oh, the podcast guy. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. And we have a lot of mutual members. So there's a lot of members in the area, or a lot of people in the area in general that that belong to multiple same mindset. Studios. Peers that have the same mindset. Yeah, they go keeping a healthy them. mind, body, soul. These are all yeah. things that are relatable to us. Yeah. A lot of people don't have that relatability. A lot of people, the relatability might be the same person that that travels around to the same bars and and just constantly boozes. You know, we have a very we're very fortunate that our mindset's wired in the way that we go after improving ourselves and staying healthy. Yeah. So some people that don't. I have a theory on that. I think a lot of it's about uh, reward, the, our reward centers. So like you, you come from a fitness background. You you know you exercise a lot and everything. Do you realize that? you gain a reward from exercise that other people don't. And that's why you do it also. You feel great when you exercise, you know? Other people don't. So there are people out there that are sedentary. They live a sedentary life. And it's because they don't have that same reward. And that's like the 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 situation that I always tell like like patients, like you got to find what you like and also try to find that thing that does elicit that reward. And for some reason, for some reason, exercise for some people, they don't have that reward um, uh, it does, they don't feel pleasure. They don't feel pleasure after their workout. They don't feel good, you know. But it wasn't always like that for me. Oh yeah, I was fat. I was a fat little kid, man. I didn't like going to the gym. I'd rather play Xbox. Did you feel? Did you always feel good after working out, or maybe things changed? Not necessarily. It just. I wouldn't even say that it changed. I would say more so. I embraced the suck. Oh, okay. It sucks when you first start, man. That's and it. I hate starting over. Oh, so I do. fucking hate starting over. I hate having to like. Like this spot that I'm in right now, that I've been in, I'm not in it anymore. But yeah. this spot of being 225, 226, almost 230, I was too. I'll tell you my weight yo-yo. It's insane. Like yeah. the 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 feeling of having to start over. Like I'm done, man. This is it. Like my mindset now. 
I am never starting over again. I am right. staying at a healthy weight. And the second I start putting on pounds again, which I don't anticipate it happening, but the second I am locking it down. I am not, nothing tastes better than looking and feeling good. Nothing, nothing tastes better than that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Sour Patch guy, Sour Patch Kids. Oh, the best. The best, right? Yeah. But you start looking at the package and all the shit that's in it, the oh, red yeah. dye, the blue dye, all this shit. So looking at all these things and you realize like, I think back to all the times that I've eaten Sour Patch Kids, even yeah. in my place, because there's a convenience store, there's a little bodega right down the street from my house. Okay. I'll walk there with the dog. I'll go grab a Sour Patch Kid. I used to grab like a beer so I could play some Xbox and chill. Yeah. I go grab that, go back. Sour Patch Kid bag would be done in like five minutes. Yeah. The whole bag. Yeah. That's like 100 grams of carbs. Right. 90 something grams of sugar. Yeah. It's insane. You sit there while you're eating it. You sit there and you're just like, wow, this is amazing. It's so delicious. And then once it's done, you go, that's it? Instant gratification. Exactly. And you you sit there and you just go, that's it? That's what I was so excited about eating and putting in my mouth? Like, yep. it's over. I'm not, it wasn't even worth it yeah. to me. So now I, um, so now I'm on that place where I don't want to have to start over ever again. I am kicking this shit into high gear because it, not only does it increase my chances of just like not dropping and dying, because that's always nice, but I feel better. I look better. I'm, I'm more confident. I'm never not confident. But yeah. you have those moments when you don't look and feel your best, where you just don't feel on. Yeah. And I don't want to go through life like that. There was also another guy that was on, uh, you know, The Punisher, the, the show The Punisher? I think so. What is that actor's name? I forget that actor's name. The dude who plays The Punisher, people will know. I listened to his podcast, In and Out, but he had this ex-Marine guy on, and he was saying, what can you teach people about life or something like that. And the guy just said, be a fucking role model. Set the example. Your kids are watching you. He's like, if you're fat, yeah. get unfat. Yeah. Get fit. Your children are watching you set this example of just being out of shape and not even, you're not in control of your own body, but you're supposed to be able to protect your family. Nah, nah, man. Example, yeah. So I'm setting the example That's for it. myself and I expect all those around me to set the same example for themselves. Yeah. And if they can't, that's on them. We don't jive like that then. We don't, we're not the same person. It's totally fine. I'm not saying everybody has to have the same mentality, but you have to have that same hunger to be better, do better, benefit your family, benefit your community, whatever you can do. Uh, this mastermind group that I'm creating. Yeah. I've talked a bunch about it on Instagram. Uh, the video is like 17 minutes. I have to cut it down because I know, I know some of these dudes are not going to get through the whole video. But at the same time, that's important to me that they watch that and they understand the terms and conditions of what we're doing in this group. My mom, I showed my mom some of the non-negotiables for the group. She's like, Nick, a lot of people are going, I don't care. Then they're not able to do it. Then they shouldn't join. I don't care if by the end of that video, I had 25 people hit me up to be in the mastermind group. Wow. I had 25 people hit me up to be in the mastermind group. I only want six people in there. Can I join? No. <laughs> Listen, if you want to <laughs> join, I'll send you the video, no, man. Like, you let me know if these are things like, dude. I don't know what it is. I don't, I, and you know, I, I'm, I, I'll, I'll give a couple of points yeah. for it. But like the biggest thing for me was get rid of vices. Drinking, yeah. vaping, pornography, all of that shit that holds you down mentally, physically, spiritually. You don't need that shit in your life. That's just I a coke in there. Huh? Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Uh, you could have Diet Coke. <laughs> okay. You could have, I mean, listen, okay. the big thing for me is everyone needs to track their foods. You okay, have to be yeah, physically yeah. accountable to yourself. Yeah. You have to exercise every single day. Yeah. Even on your off days, you have to at least get out 45 minutes. Yeah. Go walk, go do your own thing. You have to read. Find some piece of knowledge that you're interested about and learn. 
Yeah. Learned. The only way that you're going to expand being more confident, being more of an asset to society is if you're consistently teaching yourself something instead of just being the Cocomelon baby. We're good on those. Yeah, we know no we have enough people just taking space up. Um, just want to give a shout out to Ms. Rachel. Ms. Rachel? Oh my God. Yo, Ms. Gosh. Rachel, send the check because I know you're raking it in. Send the check to us. She is the, I would say she's the antithesis of Cocomelon. She's the best. I'm a, well, when I have kids, Mrs. Rachel. When I have kids, I'm gonna hit up Miss Rachel. Teaches kids how to speak. She teaches sign language. That's so, awesome. So, yeah. So like, so uh, my older one, uh, Liev. Shout out to Liev. <laughs> he goes like this. He goes more, and like this is what happened. He just looks over. He goes, "Oh, that's pretty cool, language. man." Yeah. And then he always say, "We we teach him like you know, but these, that's awesome." We're like, "Baby, sleeping." Shh. Shh. And then he walks over to the baby sleeping, you know, his baby sister. And he walks over and he goes, baby. Seven to 18 months or 17 months? He's 17 and she's three months. That's crazy, man. Like but that's this. awesome. Yeah. Look at the development and the advancement that you're giving your child. Thanks. Thank where, you. But that's amazing. <laughs> that, that's, it's, yeah. I, I, and I, I, you know, no thank you needed for real. That's a, that's, that's a good dad right there. That's oh, a thanks. good family thanks, unit. Thanks. You want that. Well, well, they got a great mother too. Shout out yeah, to Yeah, shout out to, it's a team environment. Seriously, <laughs> it's a team environment. It goes back to like the, what, what I, I see some of my friends go through. It's crazy what they go through in relationships. Yeah. And that synergistic relationship is not know, there. This is what you're seeing, but you never know what you see behind closed doors. Oh, well, that's Whoa. why. Constantly you point fingers. You, you yeah, you only, you, only, you only point fingers at this and that. And no, nah, I think you're, you're both but I also feel bad. I also feel bad for people going through that though, because it's like, Deep down, they don't want that either. Of course, they don't. No, you don't. I don't feel bad for it at all. I don't feel bad for it at all. I think. I think. think Where's the the empathy? I think the reason JFK did not teach us empathy. (laughs) (laughs) I think the reason I have lack of empathy for people that are in those types of scenarios is because they can exit at any point. Maybe they just can't because they don't know how. But that's that's their own developmental path that they have to figure out themselves. If you keep, if you keep. Having a scenario that plays out that doesn't benefit you, your partner, your children, and it keeps happening, and you sit around and you stare and you go, well, uh, well, you keep doing the same thing. Yeah. You have to take yourself out of the equation or just do something different. Yeah. My parents were horrific to each other. They were just oh. like, they couldn't stand each other. They really couldn't. Okay. My dad got sick a year after their marriage. My mom loved my father. She really did. She loved him and she she couldn't emphasize it anymore. She said it was hard for me because people thought after we divorced, because I was born a few years later, okay. she said people thought after we divorced, I divorced him because he was sick. That was nowhere near the no, case. Course, she goes, I brought him to all rejuvenating doctors and how they said that he should be swimming and doing water therapy and that would be good for the MS and all these different things. He didn't listen. He sunk into drugs. He sunk into depression and he allowed himself to become a victim to the to the illness. Right. You know, they say that illness, that illness is when one spouse has an illness, illness and typically- more likely brings the family together, the the couple together. Yeah. But when it comes to like mental illness and depression, that is the, the like you just said. That he just didn't take care of himself. And I don't speak to my father's side of the family. I never have. I'm very open about like yeah. everything in my life when I talk about things on the podcast. So like yeah, anything in my life is pretty much open access. I tell people a lot of the things that go on because I feel like a lot of people have these experiences themselves and they just... They either hold it in or they don't talk about it. Yeah. Like my grandmother on my father's side, witch, man. I don't play that shit. I call her the grandmother. I, I really know. I'm dead serious. L- used to lock me in the basement oh, as a no. child because she didn't want me with the other part of the family when what? I go see my dad on the weekends. She's a fucking witch. Whoa, I thought you were going to say like like a like a joke or something funny about her. Nope. 
Nope. Oh, Horrific human you were being. Locked in the basement. Yep. Trauma as a child, man. That's why I'm so glad that my mom was so stable. But when I go back to these points of saying I don't have empathy for people that keep themselves in this scenario, my mother got out and we worked around what we had to. Seeing my dad every other weekend, doing things like that. He's always been a friend to me. He's never been like a father figure where I'd go yeah. to him and seek his blessing or advice or whatnot. I'm smarter than my father. I love my dad. I really do. I, I have an attachment to him. But he's, my, he's a friend. He's not really a dad. My mom was my mother and my father yeah. through my entire life. So she right. got herself out of a negative situation and yeah. me because she had to protect me in that aspect right. as well. If I grew up with my father, things would have been very different. If they stuck, stuck it out, it would have been Ooh. a cataclysmic growing up period of just anger and hate and depression. And I'm so glad that it's not. So back to the empathy scenario. Yeah, I don't feel bad for people like my buddy and his girlfriend. I don't feel bad. He's left multiple times. Oh, okay. He's left multiple times for a week just to have her act nice to him again and him to go back again. Uh, That's on you, bro. Everyone's giving you the advice to get out. Yeah. Everyone, they, whether it's all you, which I don't think it's all him. I think it's her. I think it's, uh, which I, which, whether it's all her, I don't think it's all her. I think it's him as well. Yeah. He's a nasty shithead too. I love him to death. He's a nasty shithead too. So the- Forces of just negativity and nastiness. You guys split. Life starts getting a little clearer. He starts getting better. But then she goes, oh, I got nobody to watch the kids tonight. So instead of just taking the kids and going to his parents' house, he goes back to the house. And then he sinks back into being there, this and that. Then they're together again. Then a week later, it's, oh, the bitch said this. Bro, that's mad negative. I don't want to hear it anymore. You can leave whenever you want. You dip. You leave. It'll better the children. And it'll better yourself. But instead, yeah. you keep that. you keep in that scenario because it's hard to leave. I get it's hard to leave, yeah. but you got to do it for your own sake and the family. You got to remember. Also, one thing is when you're in, when you're married, like they're every, not married. Oh, they're not married. They're not married. Oh, okay, that's the funny part. When they're you, not married. <laughs> All my friends that are in relationships with these girls that have problems, none of them are married. Oh. <laughs> so it's like, what is? I get y'all have the, kids, but just, what is the fucking draw? The other thing is, like, when you're in any relationship, marriage, marriage aside, every action or anything that has occurred, any conflict. It never mentally goes away amongst both parties. It's always there. Yep. So like there's a track record here amongst these mm -hmm. relationships. And they're always on, they're always there and they can be pulled up at any time. So that's why like, you know, my mom always, there's an important lesson that my mom taught me was always pick your battles. You know, my you mom said actually, that too. your mom, beautiful woman. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, I've man. never met her, but you know, I'll meet her. I'll, I'll, have her oh. come, I'll have her come through. For real, I'll have her come awesome. through to hot work. She'd probably love it. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I'm mean, great. Yeah, yeah, definitely give me her name after this, and uh, we'll we'll reach out to her, cool. and uh, that'll be awesome. Thank you. Um, but pick your battles, like you were saying. Yeah, and you know, fighting it in a lot of ways, it's a conscious decision. Actually, yes, you actually pick. You choose personally what argument you want to create or start or continue it's crazy you actually you actually have the ability to choose what upsets you you have the ability to choose it's great i mean it's it's crazy we don't realize that we think we're like we're a victim of assault from you know from everything that's going on between all of our relationships but once you get out of the mindset that you don't have to be the victim it's always easier to be the victim because then you don't have to deal with the guilt of what you did wrong that's one thing, you know, but you can literally just um, go through life as the victim and you're going to find yourself in a, a lot more challenging situations, you know, 
but pick your battles. And you know what? The less battles, the better. It's oh, true. Yeah. Less you know stress, I mean? less aggravation, this and that. It's yeah. funny. I used to let everything set me off. Right. I had a very fiery temper. After I lost all the weight, I was bullied pretty pretty heavily oh, when I was younger. PWGFK, man. Yeah, you know what? I, I got to be honest <laughs> with you. I'm not, yeah. even as somebody that was a victim of, of specific bullying, of being heavy and this and that, I, I can't say that I'm, it's not that I'm not against it. I think it shaped me. Okay. And it taught me a lot. If I wasn't bullied, it would it, I wouldn't have learned those lessons. Oh, so man. it almost shaped me in a, in a very specific way of that type of um, adversity. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the things for me that I do now is <laughs> my friends laugh at me. So if I had like an ex that would call me and set me off, something like that, like my one of my last girlfriends, the second to last one, she would set me off all the time. She knew my buttons and she'd push them. So like now, if somebody calls me to stress me out yeah. or say something or anything like that, I'd be like, you know, it's crazy. I pay for this phone. Nobody stresses me on my phone that I pay for. No one good. is going to stress me out uh, on a good. phone that I choose who I speak to. Yeah, I'm going to let them stress me out. I pay this damn bill. No, yeah. absolutely not. We don't, we don't play those games. Choose, choose like your partner, like, you know, that makes you like, it supports you. Uh, it's so important. Like choose the one that lifts you up. Choose the partner that you want to like share, like, like be excited to tell who you like, what you did today. Like choose that. Got to be a cheerleader for one another. You have yeah. to be each other's best fans. Uh, like, and you know, like choose, like, you know, like when there's a battle, like it's got to be something that's really important, you know? I mean, like. Just like run fast if they're if the battles are starting early. <laughs> it's facts, like, facts. The the beginning's supposed to be yeah. the best part. The honeymoon yeah. phase, you're supposed to have no issues. Yeah. You're supposed to just and look at each other with like enamor, like, where have you been my whole life? We, we, Not we, anger. Yeah, those are called the evolutionary blinders. Have you ever heard the term? No. So evolutionary blinders is it's like infatuation those first three months. They're absolutely crazy. You're infatuated, everything, and then everything comes crashing down, you know? But the evolutionary blindness, the purpose is, is that you're going to impregnate her before the end of those three months. <laughs> and that's what, that's essentially evolution. You know, essentially, that's the cause of procreation is that crazy oh, infatuation. It ain't going to be me, man. The <laughs> kid the wraps <laughs> up everybody. I don't play that game. My friends are not as as smart. It's because you passed the marshmallow test. That's why. The, yeah. That's why I am good on that. I need, I, I need at least... A, I look at relationships like a stock, man. I need at least a year to see how this is appreciating yeah. and doing well. Keep then I need, a, I need a, maybe a yeah. six months of us living together, a year of living together, so I know that we can handle this. Yeah. And then we upgrade to the other things like engagement, proposal, whatever, yeah. marriage. I don't just – some of my boys, they just yeah. – they blindside themselves. They just – it's yeah. like the first girl they've ever seen. Like they're on a desert island. Relax, man. There's a lot of them. Chill out. You'll oh. be all right. Man, you got you. You're saying a lot of wise words right now. Like, definitely. I hope like, I'm teaching gotta, people something because yeah, I, yeah. I've I've gone through some shit and I've seen some shit and I've seen very happy men turn very miserable because uh -huh. they chose the wrong wrong partner. Yeah, and they're just they see no way out of it, and that's why the divorce rate's crazy because yeah. everyone's just jumping in with one another. Like like I said, the ship is going down. Yeah. Relax. There's no right. exactly. just chill, man. Everything's gonna be all right. Just Keep see the yeah. see the person. Make sure that this person that. They give up on their core on their core values, yeah. Because they're just they're having sex. So a lot of these dudes will just throw all their belief systems. Like, does she align with everything that I'm believing? Is she somebody that's going to cheerlead my business and and I'm going to cheerlead everything that she's doing in life? Well, no. They just look at it like, well, I'm having sex finally. I've I've had a dry spell for three <laughs> years, and it's like this person actually likes me. And they they the evolutionary blinders, the the honeymoon stage. They just go all in, all in, all in. 
and they either make mistakes, have a kid, you know, too early, whatever it might be. They, they're not careful. They just kind of throw their hands up like, eh, whatever. It's like, no, man, that's not whatever. Now you're with this person that doesn't, isn't conducive to a healthy, loving environment with you two. There's a, there's not synergistic relationships there. And now you're miserable for 18 to 20 years because you have to interact oh. with this person constantly. Yeah. One of my clips went viral on TikTok recently. It's got to have 100K views on it right now. But I said, I don't speak to any of my exes. I don't. I want nothing to do with my exes. I saw that one. Yep. That was Not great. because I don't love my exes or anything like that. Maybe I have, I still have, I'll always have feelings for some of them. Like my first girlfriend, like I'll always have feelings for the first love type of situation. But if I see her, I'm walking past her like I don't know her. Yeah. I want nothing <laughs> to do with my exes. They were in older chapters. I need to be able to have new chapters with ah. new people where they're not clouding judgment yeah. and they're not around. I don't play that game. Yeah. I, like I just, I need to be fresh and all this stuff. People that, people that stay locked in these mental states of, uh -huh. uh, you, you're never going to be able to advance to the next level by doing that. Yeah. Now you'll know what you'll know when you're in the right situation in the right, you know, you get to know. Yeah. For now, I don't have to, to worry know. about watching a TV show and getting yelled at for, uh, <laughs> for skipping oh, yeah. ahead on the seasons. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, and going, you know, the, the, that person that said that did not pick her battles correctly. No, that's what happened. Yeah. yeah not pick her battles correctly. You're arguing with me over Game of Thrones. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I'm good on that. Please leave me alone. More important battles. Leave me alone. Yeah. That's that's it. Yeah, um, awesome. Oh yeah, ask me the. Let's let's throw let's me some. Yeah, let's do one questions. endocrinology question and then let's wrap. Uh, so, I think I think the question that I was asking you initially was how do you approach creating a treatment plan for patients with an endocrine disorder? That was one of them, and then the other one, which I asked you directly, was what are some of the challenges you face in treating patients with endocrine disorders? So I guess flip them. What are the challenges, and what's like a treatment protocol? So Besides just, health and fitness. So just saying endocrine disorders, that's that's very broad, you know? Like, uh, unfortunately, Hotworks Fitness Studio is very broad, you know? It's But when it comes to endocrine disorders, like going, almost I could say, well, which endocrine disorder, you know? But um, so like you mentioned just before, like adrenal gland, thyroid gland, parathyroid. It's like looking at like a Wikipedia, like, like let's list the endocrine uh, organs and how do I go about it? And the truth is each organ has a different treatment plan, you know? Um, what do you see most commonly? Diabetes type 2. Yeah. hundred percent. So that that's, and the irony of the whole thing though, is that diabetes type two is really not a disorder of the endocrine gland known as the pancreas, you know, the production of insulin type one is as there's an inability to produce insulin. It's an autoimmune attack on the beta cells of the pancreas that produce insulin. It only affects that, that aspect in type one diabetes. It's an autoimmune process. Type two though, is a whole body. It pertains to everything we do in life, you know, it's, you know, it's chronic inflammatory. It's as a result of poor choices in life, but not everyone either though. So like 15% of people with type two diabetes are actually thin. You can reduce your risk of it through diet, exercise, et cetera, living a healthy lifestyle, avoiding environmental toxin exposure, et cetera. Um, you can reduce your inflammatory burden that way. But th that said, there's a recent study that came out that showed that the incidence of lean type two diabetes is actually on the rise. You know, so we always think of it as a disease of the obese, but now we're seeing it as a, a high, a higher amount. Now they, they're not sure exactly why they think that it could be uh, because doctors are doing a better job at screening. And that's why we're seeing more lean uh, through, or is it another aspect? Is it environmental toxin exposure? Is it other aspects? And maybe that's why people with lean with that are lean uh, with that are not obese or overweight are developing type it's probably, 2 diabetes. It's probably from the inverted food pyramid where lucky charms are above 
uh, eggs and steak as something that the government recommends you should yes, be eating. Exactly. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, that was so true. That pyramid, oh my God. We grew up like, you know, learning that pyramid. It was just all carbs everywhere. The first like yeah, three rows. It's insane, yeah. man. It's insane. And it's not yeah. even a, it's not even like a good carb. It's not even a rice or a potato or something that's of a single ingredient, and that's all it is. It's processed shit that barely has a shelf life that that yeah. you could just live and live and live. You're gonna you're gonna tell people that that's what they should be putting in their bodies right. when we have a an obesity problem, which then puts a, a chokehold and a strain on our medical system. That's insane to me. Yep. It's insane you're, that you're telling people that yeah. this is okay to eat, but not steak and eggs because the cows fart methane. Fuck off, man. Exactly. Crazy, dude. You know what's also insane is that is that you have all these like fast food franchises everywhere. And I see the lines. Held, are they ever held liable? Why would they be? Because their <laughs> lobbyists go and pad yeah. the pockets of everybody in Washington, D.C., and they sit there and they just go, oh, well, don't put this legislation through because that'll really put a chokehold on our business model and this and that. Yeah. We go once again back to the fact of the United States versus European nations of how they have to prove that something like that in the uh, food industry and medical industry yeah. is safe and effective versus then just plugging it to people and then figuring it out afterwards after people are having strokes and heart attacks and uh, diabetes from all the increase in sugar and inflammation in the body. It's remarkable that people don't wake up faster than this. It's so sad because- We live in a corporate plutocracy. Everything is just well, controlled it's, by- Well, a lot of the time, it's, yeah. the, it's, it's, the, it's that blue pill, red pill moment. You know what I'm saying? And it's not even, yeah. and that's not to say government-wise, that's just to say where you're getting your resources from. What, what news channels are you watching? What do you, realistically, you shouldn't be watching news channels because it's all, generally what I hear on the news is something that I don't want to listen to. Right. What I hear is- for the greater good, like it's it's generally bullshit because when you go up the corporate ladder of who's cutting the paychecks for people on the news sites, uh, you start realizing that there's agendas at play for everything. Republicans, Democrats, everything. Yeah, there everything. is plays involved for every single oh, party. Yeah. They're all and, the same. And yeah, exactly. All the same. And y'all are just the peons <laughs> fighting over who's better. Everyone's, <laughs> just <laughs> everyone's just collecting from the consumer. Exactly. So. Read books, read scientific studies, formulate your own opinions, understand nutrition, understand physical activity, what research studies independently done by universities or by people that aren't necessarily, you know, padded pocket wise yeah. from, from these, from these larger yeah. corporations and whatnot, go do your own research and learn and you'll have more talking points and you'll have more knowledge and you'll be a more interesting human being along with having more information about what's going to be the choices to not get diabetes and die and be sick uh, and know, dependent on the medical system. It's true. Like, you know, like we have to like, you, of course you need to, we have to look at the bigger picture and question everything and look outside. But sometimes when you focus on yourself, you live a better life. Yep. You know, just focus on yourself, your well-being, yep. your own health, your mental clarity, everything. You're going to feel better, you know? So it's funny that you bring that up. I, people ask me all the time now, they go, yo, did you see the story I put up this and that? I, I don't really consume content on social media anymore. Right, right. I put content out. I don't consume it. Even Rain. Rain asked me a couple of times. like, yo, did you see the, you know, the thing we put up? No, I didn't. Send it to, you know, Let me know if there's specifically a post that you want me to see. A message, yeah. I'm very close with the like social message, media yeah. manager and the GM, everybody. I'm very close to all of them. Yeah. But the social media manager, Kaylee, she's phenomenal. Love you, Kaylee. If you watch this, um, she asked me the other day, she's like, have you seen that? I go, no, oh, I don't. I put content out now, I don't consume it. Because when I was consuming the content, you get into that vicious mind-numbing cycle of scrolling, scrolling, yeah. scrolling. 
And I'm still fighting the urge to every time I pick up my phone to unlock it and, and click Instagram and, and yeah. TikTok. But it's the negativity. It's oh, the, the it's the fuck the left, fuck the right, right. fuck trans, yeah. fuck straight. It's like all this hate <laughs> that you just start scrolling through and you're just, you, you become what you're consuming yeah. on any side. Well, that's what's good. You listen to podcasts, which is great. Well, that's what know? I try to do. I, I actually got rid of all the all the non-informative podcasts. Yeah. I got all rid of all the entertainment ones, all right. the political ones, all the I got rid of all of them. I can give you a couple of really good podcasts and Love stuff, it. you know, that but like you're what it is really nice though is that what you you're you're in you're interested in learning. And that's what's then that, that's gonna make you feel better. Just le- like I just want to learn something new, like mm-hmm. you know, like something new. I don't want to, you know, like that's what it is. You, you're tired of the recycling of the same template stories. Brutal. Everything. It's brutal. Yeah. There's a yeah. new variant. There's a new this. Oh, there's a chemical spill here. Uh, Russia wants to launch a nuke at us. North Korea just shot another missile into the. And then people just sit there and they they palpitate. They right. they freak out. Dude, yeah. fucking, they're doing this to incite emotions in you because yeah, I mean, now you're yeah. hooked and their ad sponsors come on immediately after the news story and they start paying for all that space that you're now sitting there glued to your TV worried that doomsday number 50 is coming. Guess what? The new comes, it hits us. It is what it is, bro. You're not going to be able to run from it. So just instead of living in that fear cycle, just fucking live for yourself, better yourself, do something that helps the community. One of the things that with the, um, with the mindset group and the, uh, the mastermind group that I'm going to be creating that I was trying to get to is one of the things is there are so many organizations, uh, charity that say they're helping people, but when you donate a dollar, 10 cents goes, five cents goes to the actual organization that they're saying that they're helping out. Right. Right. To me, that's unacceptable. Of course not. That's unacceptable because now you are supposed to be a not-for-profit, but you're fucking profiting. So that's bullshit. There's supposed to be a lot of oversight in regards to that. I believe, what was it, 20%? I think, I I don't remember the exact percentage. Yeah, uh, actually, my buddy, it's it's actually a much higher percentage. My buddy Casey just formed a a non-profit for his um, brother who passed away, who was a firefighter in the city. I I don't want to misquote what the actual percentage is, but it's, it's it's... Pretty high that they're okay, supposed good. to give back to the organizations, at least in the first year or two. Yeah. Then they can decide whatever they want to give. That's uh, bullshit. Really? That's, yeah. It's got to so, be every year. It's got to be It should oh, be every man. year, but it's not. Yeah. So my whole thing is the people that join this mastermind group, we are going to all pick organizations that we want to give back to, whether uh, that's, that's financially, awesome. whether that's raising money, whether that's time to go help these people out. My biggest thing that I have a very uh, soft spot in my heart for are veterans. Veterans and the yeah. treatment of people that defended this country is disgusting. Yeah. And we should be ashamed as a nation that we don't help these people, but we're so quick to give money out to other countries and right. other places that have hardships. Nah, bro. If we have veterans on the street trying to kill themselves and right. shoot themselves in the fucking head because of the traumas that they dealt with, yeah. defending our freedoms, and half the time it's not even defending the freedoms. Right. It's defending Interest. the interests of these political uh. figures that had mixed agendas to pad their own pockets once again. It goes yeah. back to the corporate greed of things. Yeah, of course. So to me, I want to find organizations, you know, I know Wounded Warrior Project, I know there's a couple of other ones, but I want to give back to these organizations. Yeah, you know. The right way. Yeah, exactly. You know, honestly, one thing I do, any of my patients that are veterans, like the first thing I'll say to them is thank you for serving our country, you know? Yep, like, me honestly, too. Honestly, I have so much respect for them and, you know, for what they, they've done what and their choices in life. And you have to respect that. I mean, like, you know, literally there's a reason that, 
you know, that we're able to like worry about, like we're able to pick silly battles because they protected. Yep. You know, we're able to like argue with our close loved ones, you know, pick these silly battles and for, focus on that because somebody else is doing the serious worrying for us. I get to sit. I get to sit here and do a podcast with you because yeah. they're making sure that that nuke doesn't touch us and that the, our interests are safe in certain ways. Yeah, and that the other powers around the world know that if you do X action, we're going to retaliate with X Y Z. That's yeah. what you, that that's what allows us to sit here on a fucking Wednesday for three hours and do a <laughs> podcast and enjoy our time together. Yeah, you know these things are huge to me and just. And I think, you know, one thing I want to mention is, yeah, please, um, please. is you know, I grew up, I'm an 80s child. I grew up in the 80s and, you know, I saw Born on the Fourth of July. Oh, really? Platoon, all these movies, you know, like that, like from the 80s. And they, what they represented, what they, they taught us, you know, Casualties of War, another one, like um, what they essentially uh, like taught us was that veterans, especially for Vietnam, were not treated well. Nope. And what's crazy is they would come back and they were... I was like, I don't understand how the country actually like treated these people that served the like they they like served their country. Why it doesn't make they were drafted. They went under their they they went against their own will too. Yep. It's incredible, and I think I think my generation really learned from that to always respect your veterans and to and to realize that the sacrifice that they've you know that they've given already. You know, so I always at all times it's like so important to me as well. You know, they're, they're respect our veterans and and do everything we can. I have a lot of you know patients that you know do go ever, do everything through the VA. They're VA patients and everything. You know, and you know a lot of them have diabetes as a result of Agent Orange from Vietnam and stuff. Was oh, that know? one of the injections that they gave them? The Agent Orange, Orange was uh, when they would go over. It was the it was um, Agent Orange was the uh, gas. Oh, yeah, the weapons. Yeah, the gas. Uh, the gas and stuff. Right. That, that's what it was. I right? think it is. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not well versed on. And there's a there's like a well known causation between Agent Orange and uh, and diabetes. So um, seeing that though is really unbelievable. Agent Orange was a tactical herbicide the U.S. military used to clear leaves and vegetation for military operations, mainly during the Vietnam War. Veterans who were exposed to Agent Orange Orange may have certain related cancers or other illnesses. Yep. Horrible, yeah. man. I uh, whenever I see I walk around Huntington Village all the time with the dog. Whenever I see that old guy, you know that little old man with the hat. You know, Korean War veteran or something like that. My grandfather served in the Korean War. Wow. So he, he wasn't front lines or anything like that. He was part of the band, still served and traveled around and had to yeah. see some shit, but he never had to like fight. But um, part of the creative side. Yeah, creative side. So, <laughs> the you band, know, band. we always we, we always used to make fun of him like, oh, I didn't, you know. But he, listen, he served when it came down to it. And if things needed to, yeah, he would have had to have fought. So, yeah, he went, I'm sure he went through basic training. And yeah. Everything. So, you know, whenever I see that little old man walking around with the hat, I'm just like, hey, man, th hey, sir, thank you for uh, for serving. I appreciate you. The look that they get when they say that, the yeah. older generations especially, because they have that Thank pride. For your service. It's very they have easy. that pride for their country. It's it's next to none. That smile. Yeah. That, of course, thank you. Thank you for you know recognizing. Because a lot of these older guys, they're not recognized. They walk by. People just ignore the older generations. And you gotta show respect and love for these people that really the greatest generation. They laid it all on the line for us yeah. to have I, these freedoms. Like I I personally never served. I never, you know, but I damn well better have respect for something like I I didn't do it. Somebody else did it. I didn't do it. Yeah. You know? And I have to I have to you know, we should all be conscious of that, you know. The fact that we like like I didn't serve. Somebody else did. Yep. You know? I didn't serve. I, I yeah. talked to, I talked to big game. I wanted to be a Navy SEAL and 
I just never did it. So whether that's because my path Denver aligned to it or just mentally, I just wasn't strong enough in that aspect to just go and fucking do it. That's, that's neither here nor there, but you know, that it takes a lot of balls to just even enlist my buddy, Brandon Stoll, uh, ex, ex military, uh, Zach Ligori, who came on my podcast, both of them, Brandon came on. He's a Sergeant in the, uh, army. He's a paratrooper. Zach is a Marine. He came on. Zach was phenomenal. I love talking to them about their experiences of what they went through and what they see. And you start to think like Brandon was in Afghanistan. He dealt with a lot of the shit around there. One of his platoon uh, commanders was killed in active duty. Like th uh, that is some shit, man, that that will change you when you see things like that or you experience hardships like that. Very difficult. And then to come back home and just to be forgotten and people to just walk uh, over you if you were laying in the street, just step over you. I'll end off on this. I saw a video of a... Um, of a millet of of a uh, cop coming up to a ex uh, veteran or a veteran, and he came up and he had a gun to his head and he was ready to just kill himself. It was on TikTok. Oh. The guy was ready to kill himself, and the police surround him. And the guy that had the body cam that they're showing you, he's going, he's like in tears. He's going, please don't do this from one veteran to another. Please don't do this to me. Like please, I know you're hurting and this and that. It took like 15, 20 minutes and he finally talked him off the ledge. They put him in cuffs and he hugged him and he just said, yo, I got you, bro. I'm getting chills. He's like, I got you. He's like, please. He's like, no, that once this is over, he, you know, whatever they have to do legally now, he's like, just know I have you. I'm going to get you help. Okay, yeah. That's like, oh, the emotions, uh, man. I'm, I'm literally chilled up right now. Like, it's just, it's crazy that these people just feel so forgotten and they went and they, and they did what they had to do and they saw the atrocities that they had to see just to make sure that we could sit here on a Wednesday and do this. Seriously. Crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable. But on a positive yeah. note, yeah. on a positive note, we're going to do some cool things with that group. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna figure out some really cool organizations or create our own that really gives back. I don't know. We'll see. Have a great. I want to yeah. hit every members. So I think that awesome. the mastermind group, I think is going to run six to eight months. I'm, I'm still deciding. And then we cycle out and we get new people that come in to learn and adapt with one another and this and that. And then maybe I'll make a legends group of everybody together uh, for networking purposes. But I would love every two months to like pick for the six month or eighth month duration. I'd love to pick like if you have an organization or a cause that you care about, we have we have Craig's next month. Like we take care. Of, that's the one that we're going to donate our time or money to or raise awareness for. That's awesome. And then like two months later, maybe it's mine. Maybe it's yeah. veterans. And then two months later, maybe it's someone else's. That's awesome. So this way we all feel and know that we're taking into consideration our emotions and feelings. Yeah. Keep burping. Yeah. I got the, uh, the rain, the rain burps just from all the carbonation and, and yammering. But I appreciate you coming down, Thank chopping so it up. Much. It's been an amazing episode. We've learned a lot, learned a lot about hot works and the business. If you can, I know you were doing the plug the whole time. So yeah. <laughs> plug it one more time where everybody can find you guys, social media, where the location is, how they can get, set up an appointment, what if there's a trial, I don't know, just stuff like that. Just so plug it up. A, there's a lot of different ways to reach out to us. Uh, so we're Hotworks Infrared Fitness Studio providing 24-7 access to three-dimensional exercise. We're located at 600 Hicksville Road in Bethpage, New York. You can either instant message or direct message us through Instagram at hotworks Beth page. That's H O T W O R X Beth page, no space in between, or find us on Facebook at hotworks Beth page, our phone number, call or text us directly at any time. 516-300-1339. And actually I got to fix that. I think we're 650 Hicksville Road. I don't, I'm having a mind. 
That's all right. Say hello real quick. That's okay. I forgot. Nah, you good. I don't know how I... You know you don't say an address for a while? Yeah, it's all right. You just type it into, into the uh, Google machine. 635. 635. 635 Hicksville Road. Cool. Um... Call, text, direct message us, anything. Send a raven. Send send a what? Send a raven. Like old middle medieval times. Send a oh, raven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Have the note on its leg. Or even something maybe even all older, uh a fax. Oh man. <laughs> Don't send him a fax. You're gonna <laughs> jam up the line. Which is still popular in uh in, in medical offices. We still use fax machines. Not terrific. So I gotta place. go in there and sell sell uh machines to everybody for digital stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're yeah. done with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then um, also uh, the, the the ask about a free VIP member experience. So we're gonna we'll we'll be able to hook you up with a free workout cool. and whatnot uh, prior. And then uh, and then take it from there though. But all I can tell you is that it's nothing like you've ever done before. Dope. I love that. Yeah. I told you I was going to call you Doc at least one time. So, Doc, oh, I yeah. appreciate you, brother. No worries, uh, It's man. been a pleasure sitting down, chopping it up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's change some people's lives for the better. I'm, I'm glad that we got a lot of that information out there. And uh, for those of y'all that are listening, peace.